Toru, come here! Yes, Master. What is it? Have you found the Twelve Talismans? Like I said, Master, we're not really looking at talismans anymore. That was way back in the first season. Ayah! What MacGuffin are we working with now? Mm, I don't think there's 12 of them, but I think if we want to succeed at your newest chi potion, I've got some ingredients. In order to make the greatest cartoon there ever was, we can create them from these distilled elements from other cartoons. Very well, but be careful. Only good cartoons can beat bad cartoons. Well, then I think we should start off as our base. Let's use... Let's use this filter of Wallace and Gromit to make it so serious it comes out silly. One more thing! We should combine the character dynamics of Kim Possible so that people need each other even when logically they wouldn't. Excellent suggestion, Master. Now let's put a good plot hook in for each episode that is mystical in some way. New magical thing to use, like in Shaolin Showdown. Aya! Take two or three things from Shaolin Showdown! It should be simple enough. They've got plenty of raw material to work with. A couple of character models from Men in Black. Let's see if we can pick up and discard genres just as fast as possible, only to discard them later on. Like a heist, or a martial arts movie, or even a family comedy, just like in Megas XLR. Don't forget the animation styles of Samurai Jack with the whoosh whoosh! Hiya! Yes, and a good sprinkling of Ed and Eddie where they color outside the lines to give it an oblique and surreal feel. And finally, the excellent use of environmental storytelling for the action scenes, like in Cyber 6. One more thing! Make me feel uncomfortably racist, like in Cousin Skeeter. I'm worried that that's going to upset the mixture. It's too unstable. No, it is good for the mixture and good for the digestion! I think we finished it, Master. What should we call it? <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got there. <laughs> That's fine. It worked. That's fine. I mostly wasn't listening to yours. <laughs> no, I wasn't listening to yours either. You said character dynamics like in Kim Possible. I, I don't think that's incorrect, though. No, it like, the Jade-Jackie relationship is just a reversal. Mm, kind of. It's it's more complex than that. There's there's a lot here that takes, as you say, takes the best of all other cartoons. Absolutely, and I, I think that's and, the most of what I'm going to be talking about today. Yeah, this this show is kind of beyond reproach, but we will try to reproach at least a little bit. I'm not going to try to reproach it. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna try to reproach it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're on your own. Saying, <laughs> so, let's get started. Yes. I guess I do this <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it one day <laughs> <laughs> welcome everybody welcome to the carton cast my name is ben and my name is zane and this is the podcast where you listen to where we listen to what you want <laughs> you talk listen. about old cartoons <laughs> god how have we not gotten this <laughs> it's not that we haven't it's i can't figure it out i'm the one who always does this i always screw it up you've so outsmarted yourself again see where we think of ourselves as adults 
Right now. One more thing! The Cartoncast Adventures must do research! Hiya! With, with apologies to anyone who didn't like that voice. Yeah, well, I mean... I mean, is it going to be on this episode that they get fed up with us? Really? This one just seems more likely to have people listen to than Cousin Skeeter. <laughs> That's very possible. Um, but yeah, if only because Cousin Skeeter sounds like pretty inane and jackie chan adventures at least has that pop culture going for it jackie in any chan case adventure those three words are enough to bring anyone to to smiles yeah no it's and because like when you think jackie chan you're already thinking an adventure so it's got like that kind of reverberation synergy to it <laughs> yeah the double adventure yeah that goes on at least I, twice as want... long as it should yeah you're being redundant Jackie Chan Adventures. Just say Jackie Chan. Uh, we'll know. <laughs> Jackie Chan, Jackie uh, Chan. Synonymous. Yeah. So uh yeah, we are we are watching Jackie Chan Adventures today. Yeah, so let's uh we should get right into this because there's a lot to talk about. There is, but we should mention first of all that it is our one hundredth episode, kind of. Yes, audience, if you couldn't read the number on the uh title page of this episode it is episode 100 dash jackie chan adventures possibly dash an exclamation point skunk face no yeah um <laughs> dash ta-da <laughs> dash congrats uh yeah and and you know just to be super clear we're not going to do kind of a congratulate ourselves a thon that we normally do because we do that every year for the cartoni awards at least and every day just in and life. also every day yeah, you know, constantly jerking ourselves off, trying not to think of it as instance, although it's hard, it's pretty hard to say that we're not doing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I am happy that we have reached this benchmark, even though we're not going to make a huge deal of it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It, it's a neat thing that we've... It, it's there. You can't take yeah. these away. These exist. We still don't, we still don't know why we're doing it. Spiraling out into the ether. Yep. <laughs> And that's where it will remain. Just the ether. In the ether. I don't care that it was disproven in the in the 1880s. That's not the point. <laughs> Mickelson interferometer? Get your shit together. You got Jackie Chan <laughs> adventures to deal with now. Some yeah, deep, uh, it's a whole new interferometer. Ether, deep ether trivi- trivia for our <laughs> listeners out there. The ether talisman. Knock yourself out with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just knock yourself right out. Do you think that people who use ether uh, recreationally are constantly told, ironically, to knock themselves out whenever they're trying to be ascent? Like they're trying, whenever somebody is trying to tell them to enjoy themselves. Ether was originally used as like an alcohol substitute during uh, uh, times of of prohibition and uh, other times when alcohol was scarce. So it would be like giving somebody. Like vodka and saying "knock yourself out." Like, yes, it's like a joke, but that's not the primary purpose. It's not like You're chloroform, <laughs> whose primary purpose is absolutely a joke, and nothing more sinister because it makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> also poisonous. <laughs> yeah, I guess we shouldn't let that fall by the wayside. <laughs> <laughs> and a very useful solvent for all of my experiments. Right, and speaking anyway. of solvents, uh, Jackie Chan Adventures. Yes, the universal solvent in that it is a solution to all of life's problems. Ooh, Zane, very spicy. 
Thank you. Even though that's not what that word means. But yeah, we, we've been talking about this for a while, doing this episode. For, I don't even know how long. When did we decide that we wanted to do Jackie Chan Adventures for our 100th episode spectacular? I It just happened. I don't know. It's somewhere along there. I don't know if it's on the record that we did that. Um, we definitely referenced it a bunch when we did the Shaolin Showdown episode. Okay, but I'm going to have to go back and check because we actually I'm interested decided this. <laughs> But I... I don't know why we, like, I didn't at the time recognize why we loved it so much or why we held it in such high regard. So this was kind of one of those episodes that we went into, at least I went into, kind of trepidatiously. Like, what if it's not as good as I remember? What if, what if uh, it doesn't hold up? This is going to be kind of, kind of, kind of brutal. Like, you need, like, as anybody who has seen a movie based on a childhood franchise that they really respected and see it not done justice, I had a lot riding on this emotionally. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I needed this to be a good thing, and I'm so thankful that it maintained its excellence <laughs> through my memory. I kind of knew I kind of knew it would be strong going in because I have I have such a fierce, it. a fierce love of gimmicks, and this is there's just like, nothing gimmickier. Like every every season is a series of thirteen episodes, each of which is a gimmick. Yep, um, and, and and all the episodes that are not part of that gimmick are just separate one episode gimmicks. Yeah, <laughs> like when, when, like when they uh, lose all their senses to those three giant monkey statues, <laughs> or there's a vampire, but it's a chi vampire. <laughs> Defeat it with mushrooms. Yeah, so oh, yeah. it's just um, it's just a really charming show, and I did watch an excessive amount of this show. Uh, you did? And I, I did think, not. I think the first. So this is a five season long show. I think yeah. the fourth and fifth seasons kind of pale in comparison to the first three, but that might have just been fatigue. Zane, why don't you tell us the production history before we get farther into it? Jackie Chan Adventures ran on the WB from 2000 to 2005. Um, several of the creators also worked on Men in Black, the animated series, and so the show has a similar look and feel. And uh, the uh, action and the sort of mixture of impressive choreography and humor is based on jackie chan's uh, series of mu- movies which are are known for that yeah this is also actually, uh, this is in a lot of ways tonally consistent with jackie chan as he has uh purported himself as a actor or even a pop culture icon it's yeah very silly but with a core of like pretty profound understanding of the genres that he's punning off of and he Same really time. supported it. Like, he really wanted to be animated. He grew up on cartoons and especially liked the superhero cartoons that he saw. Um, animators actually watched his movies to get a sense of how he moved and how he got the humor into the action. Like, when you're telling a joke in dialogue, it's easy to understand, like, how a joke works. But when you have to communicate humor through movement entirely it's it's a whole nother level like it's it's an acquired skill sure and a lot of it comes through jackie chan just being a profoundly good entertainer like i would even say entertainer first martial artist second as far as, <laughs> like i don't know if he would agree with that but that is how i see him uh you've watched a couple of jackie chan movies right a couple yes um yeah i uh, not not as much as i should have in both in refer in 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 uh preparation for this and just as a enjoyer of his product i guess um yeah I, there's... I of course have watched rush hour um sure that being just kind of the first movie that i would be 
aware of by the time I reached an age in which it would be acceptable for me to watch kung fu movies. Ben. And then also I have watched Rumble in the Bronx, which is fantastic and it really shows off his charm above everything else. Uh remake idea, Rush Hour, but instead of Jackie Chan, it's the character Uncle and him and Chris Tucker just shouting at each other in thick accents. I feel like it has to be someone else with a thick accent and it has to be set in like the 1940s <laughs> <laughs> like he's an undercover agent kind of thing and he's just really bad at it i actually would really hate for uncle to like get retconned as some sort of weird secret agent like jackie yeah he's a wizard <laughs> get it right yeah <laughs> <laughs> he, he trained under snape come on <laughs> and then he just became an antique dealer uh yeah so i i've seen um Jackie Chan kind of has his Eastern and Western movies. Uh, yes. He, he the, is very much a classic Kung Fu martial artist movie uh, person for a long time. Um, and those original ones, I think, really show off the action and the comedy. The Western ones do a little too much with plot and other characters, and they just put Jackie Chan in as like, when we focus on you, it'll be like your movies. But we're not always going to focus on you, which is a mistake. I, Right, I think you're thinking <laughs> specifically of uh, Rush Hour and Wild Wild West. First off, uh, I'm, also, I'm also thinking of the tuxedo. Secondly, not only was he not in Wild Wild West, <laughs> we had this conversation during Shaolin Showdown. <laughs> <laughs> How can we be this way? How is this possible? Consistent, bro. <laughs> Yuppie. But yes, I do love Wild Wild West. Okay, good. Question answered. <laughs> Podcast over. It was a long ruse. <laughs> oh man, that's my uh, favorite. Uh, that's my favorite perfume. Long ruse. Yeah. <laughs> no good. Doesn't, doesn't quite work. <laughs> Didn't quite get there. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. There is news of a new animated series to come out this year called The J-Team. I did not know that. Is it affiliated in any way with my classic (laughs) J-Team? I think it's inspired by, from what I could tell of the promotional materials, it looks way more animish, and it's not... uh, I don't don't see how it's connected. Oh, man, it's it's Teen Titans. It's basically Jackie Chan Adventures Go. Is that what we're doing? (laughs) Yeah, so that, that... We might have to revisit that at some point. No! No! Yeah, uh, that would be terrible. I don't... I I know that, uh, I know that Jackie Chan Adventures did, at one point, get something that was... I think it got rebooted as something very, very different, but I can't remember what it was called. It was like Jackie Chan... The new Jackie Chan Adventures or something like that. It's also unaffiliated. I'm not familiar with that one. I don't know. I was just kind of doing some borderline Wikipedia research. I'm surprised the degree to which this is not, like, remarketed or rebranded or kind of used at all. It it was kind of really a one-and-done series that spanned five seasons, was pretty successful, as I understand it, and also, I can say, was, like, qualitatively a very, very good show. So it surprises me that it's not more... that that they haven't kind of resurrected it in some form. Yeah, that's surprising because a lot of other cartoons were 
heavily merchandised. It, it could just be a function of being on the WB rather than on something like Disney or, or Cartoon Network where it was a lot easier to tie in their stuff. Uh, the WB didn't just do animation, and so I think they're... Uh, uh, they had less. They felt like they had less of a market. That that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Well, and in any case, just to kind of get it out of the way, it ran on the WB from 2000 to 2005, and was also shown on Cartoon Network after and afterwards. It, the reruns landed at on Toon Disney. Um, right. So it, it did get kind of recirculated quite a bit, but I would have been pretty thrilled to see this in any other form because I, I think there's a lot there that doesn't really need to just be in Jackie Chan Adventures. I think as as I'm going to get into, there's a ton in this show that is good in the same way that a lot of the shows that we have looked at in our run at the Carton Cast are good. Um, like you have heard in the intro, in fact. Yeah, uh, a high mark of quality that's consistent. Mm-hmm. Zane, do you have any opinions on Jackie Chan in general? It seems like a quality individual from what I know of him. I haven't, like, looked into his political views or anything like that, but I know that he, you know, kind of self-made man. Uh, I think that he, I I remember hearing that he, like, didn't want to give any of his vast fortune to his son, because he's like, I want him to make his own way in the world, which I think is really cool. I, I definitely kind of applaud that behavior, even though it does, like, you can take it in a stingy kind of way, but... I don't know. I, I'm enough of a fan of his work that I kind of want to give, even though it's kind of ridiculous, like I like this actor in his movies, so I want to give him personally the benefit of the doubt. That he is just actually seems, where I'm at. He just seems so genuine. Like, of all the people who, like, it could suddenly, we could suddenly find out, like, has a bunch of skeletons in his closet, like, he's one of the ones where I would be most upset. Absolutely. And I think this show kind of did a lot for that. Not the least of which, because at the end of every episode, he just talks to a bunch of kids who write into the show with questions about, hey, Jackie Chan, how, what's it like to be Jackie Chan? What's Jackie Chan about? And he's just like, here I am, I'm Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, who is the man? <laughs> hey, Jackie, how many push-ups can you do? I love push-ups. <laughs> every answer every is like that. He starts with, I love it. <laughs> Second... <laughs> Something non sequitur. <laughs> Third, push-ups great. You nailed it. You got it exactly right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was doing a little bit of a little surface Jackie Chan research. I didn't come across much. Uh, there, there's there's a little bit of like controversy stuff on Wikipedia that you'll get with any kind of actor who's been doing this for so who's who's been doing the same thing in the cultural eye for so long. He's just going to kind of get noticed for things. Um, sure most of it is most of it is pretty pretty genuine and i do think that he is a very earnest person and uh that'll go a long way with me so yeah i i generally like watching him in things and um the idea of having him be the centerpiece for the show is perfect it is absolutely mm-hmm. perfect I, I wonder how much pull he had in making this show happen um i know that he supported it i don't know if his hands were in it at the time um, we know that he at least showed up, like, the, <laughs> every so often. The, the guy who voiced him is a <laughs> come by, Come by, be ready to answer kids' questions, and also bring your tonfas <laughs> or whatever you happen to be working on at the time. <laughs> um, I know that the guy who voiced his character in, uh, in the show, uh, James C., mm. um, is a Jackie Chan impersonator or, or a impressionator. 
That is that is a fascinating career trajectory, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just, not going to be famous, but I'm going to pretend to be someone in famous because the person who's famous does not have enough time to do all these gigs. Yeah, right? <laughs> Don't you wish, like... So actors get that, right? Actors and singers get impersonators and cover bands, but, like... Yeah, like Elvis for weddings and shit. I sometimes think about, like, how the best scientists in the world must be so overbooked, and wouldn't it be nice if they had... <laughs> What, Bill Nye impersonators? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson is enough of a pop culture icon that I'm sure that takes up a large amount of his time, right? Right. So, yeah. like, that that's more of a celebrity impersonation rather than a scientist impersonation at that point. I was actually thinking of scientists. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's what postdocs are for. Oh, <laughs> well, they're, they're for a lot of things. Let's not get into <laughs> that, though. Yeah, so... This show, just to kind of get into the skeleton of what it is, is a fantas- a fantastic approximation of life where Jackie Chan lives with his uncle in San Francisco, has contacts with some sort of secret service. Um, the Men in Black, yes. <laughs> Section 13. Um and his niece, Jade, comes to visit, and all together they have to work to take down various evil wizards. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like a it starts off like Jackie watch. Chan. <laughs> just kind of, it just kind of. They goes. put every idea they had in all at once. It's it's pretty nuts. <laughs> I think we gave like a pretty good synopsis of it like last episode or something, where we're just like, what if Jackie Chan was Harrison Ford, but it was also a secret agent for Men in Black, and tried to fight a dragon demon. Uh, sorcerer lich organization that's reminiscent of uh, <laughs> Temple of Doom, and it works because Jackie Chan is all about um, like fantastical it's sti- situations. It's all style over substance with Jackie Chan. Yes, it's fantastical situations, and now you can get actual magic involved because it's all animated. And he reacts in this way that a normal person would react, which is incredulous <laughs> and overwhelmed. <laughs> and that is Jackie Chan's primary setting. And, yeah, uh, it's it's like the uh, Owen Wilson woe face, but yeah. <laughs> just a lot more energy. Yeah, it's Jackie Chan doing a uh, doing a Hank Hill. <laughs> what the? <laughs> I tell you what, that Shen do ain't right. <laughs> Jade, that dang ain't right. Dang old Yumo Guagui fighty tau, man. <laughs> All right, we need to get this artwork up. This has to be. This has to exist. <laughs> Boomhauer so, is eternal. So yeah, it, it's interesting, not, not to get too far into it already, but Jackie Chan in this is just an everyday guy, an archaeologist who like works out and you know does some cool stuff, but he's like afraid, reasonably afraid of this magic stuff happening, but then when the chips are down, he just like becomes a ninja. That's crazy. You're crazy, Jade. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, 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 like, it's a very thinly veiled attempt to get jackie chan to be a martial artist in fantasy um (laughs) but the degree to which he tries not to do it is is the most charming part of his character i think violence is not the answer yeah and that sort of works because it raises the stakes because he doesn't want to be there if he actually like wanted to destroy these people he could because they're going for comedy not not for cool Right. If they wanted to go for cool, they would give him like a face of determination and he'd be way into it. Mm-hmm. He's not. He does not want to be there. Yeah, as soon as he has to fight, the the switch flips and he goes into action and then right back when he like 
you know, trips on a fish or whatever. One more thing. If it's your first night here, you have to fight. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's, let's get out of that. I wanted to ask you a couple of... Uh, I wanted to ask you a preliminary question, and then I have a tangent before we start on stuff. I have a preliminary answer and a secant. Okay, cool. Good. Nope. Can't, uh... <laughs> 100 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Still don't know how to thought, talk like regular I people. I Zane's rhythms down by this point, but apparently, what a, what a bottomless wealth he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess my first question is just, what are your first memories of this show, if you have any? I definitely... <laughs> Um, so I definitely remember the episode where Jackie Chan is upset that he just got back from Bavaria and now has to go back to Bavaria <laughs> because these talismans like are scattered. This is like a Steve Martin plotline. <laughs> these talismans are scattered all over the world, but two of them are in the same town. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. That's some real Jack Spicer ass location mechanism. Uh, and I just remember just. He <laughs> that that was the first memory when either of us brought up Jackie Chan Adventures for the past couple of years. It's just Jackie Chan Adventures. Ah, hates Bavaria. <laughs> so wait, the first episode you watched was the debut of the immortal Hawk Fu. <laughs> Hawk Fu. Ben, there's so many good characters. I don't know how we're gonna get through all of this. I think tangentially, probably. But uh... yeah, speaking of, you had a tangent. Yeah, here's my tangent. Uh, Zane, I'm going to I'm gonna send you a link real quick. Uh-oh. I actually got you a present. Uh, I didn't happen to... I didn't happen to get it by the time this happened. Uh, oop. I just sent it to my friend Trevor. Uh, I'm sure he'll like that he has it, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, I sent you, sent you a, a link. If you want to put that in real quick, you can see. Where did you send uh, it to me by? Uh, Facebook. Oh, I should go on Facebook. <laughs> I can also send it to the appear thing. The Mystical want. Book of Faces has ten entries. You must collect all of them. <laughs> Do you have oh, them? yes. Look at these talismans. Yeah, so I, I sent you an Etsy link with all these talismans here. I uh, I, I ordered a few of them. Uh, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. So I ordered a few. I, I just wanted to commemorate our 100th episode by getting you some tchotchkes. Uh, that's great thank you yeah so i i didn't i didn't get all the full set because then i would want to have the full set and there i therefore i could not give you any of them uh but i got right. four of them um and i want you to guess which one is for you and which one is for chrissy Ooh. the four uh, that i've gotten are the snake the horse the rooster and the rabbit which one did i get you which one did i get chrissy uh, you got Chrissy the rabbit. That's her spirit animal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there's no goats, so I'm assuming you got me the horse because that's my birth uh, zodiac symbol. You you screwed it up, Zane. And Absolutely yours is the snake because that's yours. That is true, but I just like the snake talisman. Uh, I got the rabbit one for Ethan for the dumbest reason. It's because he's got strong legs. Uh, <laughs> okay. This, this was a slam dunk. You should have had this. Which <laughs> one I did have... I get for Chrissy? Obviously, it is the horse talisman because, <laughs> because of her love of horses. She doesn't. <laughs> She's taking that gift. <laughs> so we so we just got a uh, a Nintendo Switch, and we've been playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. And <laughs> she like you can tame horses and like ride yeah, them. You can. 
And she, she like, was handling one way better than I was in the game. And we're like, oh, you're so good with horses. <laughs> well, now we know why. Now we know why. So you got me the rooster then. Yeah, because you're such a cock. No, of course. <laughs> I mean, it had to be that. I also feel like the rooster represents you best. <laughs> like, in your heart of hearts, don't, don't you think that that is the animal in the Chinese zodiac that best represents you? Bok, bok. Um, yeah, exactly. And did you get the snake for yourself because that's your symbol or just because you like snakes? I just like the way it looks. It, <laughs> that was the flimsiest reasoning. <laughs> I like I like how the tiger talisman, you'd have to like tape it together just so that you don't lose it. That's kind of neat. I like that. But yeah, these, are, these all look really good. I'll, I'll throw a picture up in the show notes. I think that these are really cool awesome. Etsy things. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, um, audience, we will talk about the talismans as generalities, but... Each specific talisman we cover in detail on our other podcast, Empowered, during our Talisman. We're just trying that out. I then, like then, Yeah, Talisman. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll check with it. But uh, yeah, go ahead and check out Empowered. I'll put a link up in the show notes for that as well. But um, Z- Empowered, if you haven't heard of it, is something that Zane came up with, which is where we talk about superpowers. It's great. Uh, it's really low stakes and fun. And I think you'd enjoy it. And it kept this episode from ballooning out of control because we would want to talk about each and every single one of them. That is fact. <laughs> 3,000% fact. Um, but yeah, so this show circles very widely around the uh, the Chinese Zodiac, where those 12 animals that Ben loves so very, very much. As Let's we not in get into Bas- that. Why, why does it work here and not in Fruits Basket for you? Is it because of superpowers? <laughs> The the, the the talisman thing here is such a, a flimsy association. They barely recognize that it's because it's the Chinese Zodiac. They never tell me what why the snake is invisibility. I don't want to know why the snake is invisibility. I don't oh, care. Because it's sneaky. Who cares? Because it's Why sneaky, is the horse healing? We just went over the fact that the horse makes no sense as a healing talisman. <laughs> and that's fine. Because like the, the thing here is what I love about Helsing is that it's got mystical garbage that we don't know goddamn dick about <laughs> and we and we don't care because <laughs> jackie chan is doing some sick flips and disarming people with windshield wipers yeah so that's, that's why it's awesome is because it's so goddamn irreverent with its own source material so this is how the show works there's five seasons at the beginning of a season they will set up what the MacGuffins are for this season uh each episode, they'll go and they'll find a new one or seal away a new demon or what have you. And then by the end, there will be a, a two-parter where they it, nothing, none of it really mattered because they have to have a climactic showdown anyway. Yeah, and there will be little like kind of one-off episodes of ju- them just kind of wandering around in mystical mumbo-jumbo land. Like one yeah. time they fought a guy that was made out of paper because he got cursed by an ancient origami thump- something or other. You know, and- it... it it, it varies. I think those one-offs vary pretty wildly in, in how good they are and how uh, kind of fun they are to watch. But, oh, no, uh, y- you know what always sticks in my mind? The one episode where Jackie gets cursed and goes to Ireland and gets chased by a guy named Seamus. Seamus, yes. <laughs> Nobody can outrun Seamus. How did he get cursed again? I can't even remember. Uh, some gem where if you accept it willingly, you take Ooh, the curse of bad gem. luck. Ooh, gem. <laughs> <laughs> You weren't prepared for that. <laughs> I really wasn't. Okay. Um, All right. Hard so reset on that, guys. The Zane, maybe let's talk about. Uh, do, are well, we still I just want to plot. 
I just want to briefly say what each season is about, and then we can talk about how the characters and the plot lines intersect. When you do this, can you give me your ranking of how much you enjoyed it? Um, yeah. So, okay. first season is The Talismans. We find out about this uh, ancient demon sorcerer, Shendu, who created 12 Talismans of the Zodiac with superpowers, and he's trying to get them. And Jackie Did, now has he, to he get them because Jackie's them? working for the CIA now. He I believe them? so. Yeah, I, I assume like, that he was got like magic mumbo jumboed up into a statue, and his power was divided. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, his powers were divided. That's that's how it's said. Okay. So he has all these powers. It's like and he's a trying reverse to get them Captain back. Planet. And these talismans get used again and again. They're the main verb for like the hero side to have more power. Uh, in the second season, after Shendu is banished back to the demon realm, his demon brothers and sisters try to escape and are banished back before mm-hmm. rewriting time. Again, one at a time, very specific. A lot of rigmarole going through banishing each one. has got to be done in a specific place with a specific item. Yeah, yes. Yeah. We have to collect the symbol of the person who first defeated them and then do a chant and all this. It, yeah, it, it's all very formulaic. but It's formulaic and it's completely illogical yes <laughs> like none of it follows logically it just happens and they tell you what you need to know and then they get out of the way while jackie chan does backflips i can't stress enough how much of a boon that is to my enjoyment <laughs> the backflips <laughs> well, the backflips are, are the backflips are table salt you put a little bit in it's not gonna go wrong <laughs> the backflips are the spine of this show um <laughs> that is that's a confusing metaphor considering <laughs> that you need the spine for the backflips um yeah so y- y- you could probably like when you're given the first bit of the episode figure out what the last bit is gonna look like but the middle is gonna be really weird yeah it's gonna be goddamn nonsense it's gonna be oh jade <coughs> lost the rat talisman and it went into a action figure and the action figure is trying to de- defeat his action figure rival yeah. So the entire episode, Jackie Chan is in a wheelchair and chasing an action figure, and also the Dark Hand are chasing an action figure, and it, it's action figure appreciation day in the streets. It, it just gets <laughs> so goddamn crazy, and usually like passes by a Jackie Chan movie reference obliquely. I, I like that love... boat scene with the with the with the with the action figure driving the boat. That that is like straight out of Rumble in the Bronx or or, or Big Trouble in Little. I can't remember which one it was. I but love like, that is how, a reference. I love how the world around them enables their shenanigans in that way. Like, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Like we we need to get the pig talisman. Oh, it's in this chocolate factory where their pig is their logo. Yeah. If you, listen, if I'm ever in a factory and I have to fight someone, I'm jumping on some gears. That's what yeah. they're for. Conveyor belts. That's why they're there. No, um, it's all about those gears. It's like that. It, that is like the canonical gear level. <laughs> that what I about know clock of. tower? What are you talking about? Factories Wait, you, are conveyor belts. Clock towers are gears. Get it right. No. Okay. 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 Fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Clock towers are gears, like in uh, Castle Caliastro. Uh, the third season, uh, the talismans have been shattered and their power have gone into the descendants of mystical animals so now they it's the first season again but instead of talismans they're getting actual animals but they have to race to get them to get them before the evil sorcerer daolong wong yeah i didn't like this season very much i 
I, I would say honestly, each season probably declined in quality. Yeah. From the one before it, because uh, the, the first, first two season, were real strong. First two were real strong. I actually liked the third quite a bit as well. I think Dalon Wong was a good villain. But Dalon Wong was a good villain. But then yeah. the fourth season... Who's the voice for Dalon Wong? Oh, I have that written down. Because it sounds very familiar. Uh, James Hong. He's Lo Pan from Big Trouble in Little China. Hmm. Yeah. Curious. I didn't think... Hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, in the fourth season, they have to fight a bunch of masks of... Japanese demons, so Oni mix, mixing it up a little there. Yeah. Uh, and then in season five, the demon lord Shendu has a son, and he's just a oh, he's just real hard to deal with. I actually saw almost none of season five, so it, that the worst season to you? you they think? get some magic weapons, and then there's some dragon guys who were inspired by Vanilla Ice and talk like the worst '90s rappers ever. Sounds like JoJo's. It's excruciating. <laughs> That's a shame. I, I think I tend to agree with you that they generally declined in quality. It's strange that they started so good and kept going pretty darn good for a while and then just kind of forgot what they were about. Yeah, honestly, like quality-wise, it's one, two, three, and then four is down a notch, and then five is way at the bottom. Yeah, okay. Maybe, uh, in that case... I hope that's not nostalgia talking. I remember the first through third, and it might it might be just fatigue, but I honestly think... Like, what is a mask? The show not... exists <laughs> for me. This show canonically exists in the first two seasons. I think that the formula of we got to find this thing. It's got a specific mystery attached to it. Let's watch Jackie Chan run around this environmental playground doing kung fu until the mystery is solved. And not really knowing what he's doing because Jackie still has to be the hero. After the third season, Uncle Jackie's just kind of buying time until Uncle shows up with chanting. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, he needs to Yoda from the four through six episodes in that. He can't do any of this prequel shit. I don't want Uncle right. to be like a action <laughs> hero. That's for Jackie. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's the general feel of the episodes and the uh, seasons. And then within that, it's like we said, it's pretty formulaic, but the characters are just so well defined and their interactions are so charming. Plus all the action. And too. Like... You very quickly get schooled in how these characters relate to each other, and it doesn't feel tired to me. No, it's, it's, they have a nice cohesive unit, and, like, they don't make the same, the same mistake twice, but they make similar mistakes very often. They, they have personality flaws that don't get kind of resolved. Um, yes, yeah, so there will be odd episodes wherein Jade learns a thing, and she won't be liable to repeat that exact thing, but she's still going mean. to be impulsive. Yeah, so Good like, enough. oh, I want to be popular at school. I need to be taller. So she does a spell that will make her grow big, but then she grows too big, right? Oh, I want to be cool at school, so I'm going to get this fake tattoo. Oh, no, the tattoo is of a demon mask general, <laughs> and now you control the Shadow Khan. Like, like the same type of mistake. <laughs> yeah, it, but, it gets but pretty... the gimmicks keep it alive. <laughs> well, the gimmicks keep it alive up to a point, but... I would say that in the first two seasons, they get increasingly inane, but not beyond the threshold at which I care that it's inane. Okay. It's only it's only when it kind of loses the momentum of needing to corral these demons or needing to... I don't know. It, I don't know why second season worked so much better than the third season for me. Because hmm. I think I noticed... 
I think I noticed a bigger decline in quality from two to three than you did. Probably. Well, in any case, let's start on the characters. Maybe we'll get to the bottom of this. So yeah, Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. He's uh, he's pretty much Jackie Chan. Like it's weird he's... to say that, but like, <laughs> I mean, he's a, think about Jackie idealized Chan version. in any of the modern Jackie Chan movies, not just like the kind of old kung fu movies where he's supposed to be cool. Yeah, he's a... just he's a he... humble, tries to do the right thing kind of guy, but he's the everyman. Except he also knows amazing kung fu skills. Yeah. But, uh, like, uh, I think it's really important. His his designs are, like... Oh, Trevor just said, though, those talismans are slick. Um, <laughs> those talismans are slick. The slickness I, I, talisman. His, his... The gecko. His, his motivations are very humble. You know, he wants to just be an archaeologist. And when we see him occasionally do archaeologist shit... He's he so happy. so into it. He loves his life of, like, quiet you know contentedness just minding the shop with uncle enjoying it but yes it, and, and it seems like he never gets a good night's sleep in like five seasons i feel kind of bad for him and the fact like they do everything they can to keep him as this everyman like in the very first episode he has this contact with this like secret government organization and they don't really talk about why he has this contact no, no, right they never tell us how he knows captain like they, it almost <laughs> seems like they're going to try like a high school au at some point with captain black because it makes no sense that he would know this person all right jackie we're best friends now but we gotta promise that when we get older we don't keep any secrets from each other <laughs> <laughs> jackie chan age six <laughs> yeah but yeah, so like you don't see him do this whatever undercover mission to get in control. You don't see him you you see him at his most beleaguered so that he can pull out a victory in the end, the eternal underdog. Well, and because he's most funny when he's being exasperated by all the supernatural shit going on. He his his boah sound is very similar to Hank Hill's now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a similar function. It's like I've got my world. It's it's very precise, and everything is in its place, and everything makes sense in this world. If you all and leave then, it alone, it'll be just fine. It'll be okay <laughs> if you just leave him be. <laughs> but he cannot cope at all. His coping skills are real bad. Like, his goal isn't some sort of, like, grand... You know, he'll save the world if he has to, but really, he just wants to go back to his life. He just and wants all to go, of- like investigate these uh these these uh these writings on this cave wall that's what that's what he loves doing like we (laughs) i think it's very important that we see him so contented being an archaeologist like doing his archaeologist thing remember there was that one episode where he's goes into school where he Mm -hmm. goes to like talk to jade's class because it's like bring your parent to work day and have them talk about (laughs) what they do and And she's talking about like yeah he's because he's this he's cool like action guy she's like oh he fights shadow con and does, does crazy <laughs> suplexes off of buildings like you know it's, but then he shows up and he's like and as an archaeologist you have to brush in tiny tiny strokes so you don't damage the material underneath <laughs> and he looks so happy <laughs> when he's doing it it has Ugh. to be seen to be believed like it's it's, it's really so endearing. Great. <laughs> and it's so personalizing. And because he's not like 
it keeps his character from seeming like a bully. Like you, sometimes he gets split in half because of the tiger talisman. I only saw it gets, the once. Does it happen again? It happens a few times. He gets hmm. split into good Jackie and bad Jackie, and you can see like bad Jackie knows he's a badass. He knows he can just take what he wants in the world. But he, he's he's Jackie Chan from the kung fu movies. <laughs> And I don't not know. like it, he he gets split into his Jackie Chan kung fu movies and Jackie Chan with Chris Tucker movies. Those are the two halves <laughs> from the Tiger <laughs> Talisman. Uh, and he, it's kind of like a Power Rangers thing as well. Like he doesn't escalate. Like he is resistant to using the talismans unless he has to. Right. No. It, it's very much like Indiana fu, Jones. Like this belongs in a museum. <laughs> what does? It, he's oh no! Indiana yeah, Indiana Jonesish. Yeah. He legitimately says that multiple times. <laughs> Although, are you powerful stealing? artifacts. Stealing is wrong, Jade. <laughs> you are a very bad influence. I hope I'm not offending anyone with my like broken English kind of interpretation of it's, Jackie Chan it, from Jackie it, Chan Adventures. This is how these characters talk. We that's really what, that's can't. What he's doing. And they're such recognizable voices. <laughs> Take it up with his voice actor. Um, speaking of the voice actors, like they really made an effort to have asian voice actors did they i asian didn't check characters. this out at all can tell me tell me about it yeah so um i mentioned jackie's voiced by james c uh jade is actually voiced by stacy chan who is jackie chan's real life niece that's awesome um uncle and toru actually both have japanese voice actors i believe oh that's a little um, anachronistic <laughs> Uncle's voice actor is the same guy who does the voice of Mr. Sparkle in that Simpsons episode. Remind me of the Simpsons episode? Uh, Homer discovers that his face is used for oh, yeah, soap detergent like... called Mr. Sparkle. Because <laughs> he's a fish and a light bulb. It's Simpsons, classic Simpsons plot lines are kind of, and jokes are kind of hard to describe if you've never seen them. <laughs> I very vaguely remember that. I have to assure up with that memory from Friends, where Joey does that commercial for the Japanese male lipstick thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any Same idea, idea what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Guys, welcome Audience. to the Carton Cast. Ben and Zane recollect pop culture memories from the past ten years at each other, with no context we, for the rest. We of remember you. commercials. From TV shows from 10 to 20 years ago. Better than we remember TV shows in the common era. This yeah. the power of nostalgia. Um, other voice actors, uh, Captain Black, uh, the uh, the sort of head of the secret uh, Section 13 organization, is Clancy Brown. We're not hosting an intergalactic kegger, Jackie. <laughs> um, the Dark Hand, who are uh, Valmont's Ooh. henchmen. God, I I love Valmont's voice. <laughs> yeah, Valmont. Uh, I don't actually have a name for him because he, he just he's... looks like grown up Draco Malfoy. It's so great. Oh, he super does. <laughs> um, and his henchmen, the Dark Hand, are uh, voiced by Clancy Brown and James C, who who were doing other voices. But also, Finn is voiced by Adam Baldwin. What the fuck is that? <laughs> like, how? <laughs> as in, wait, as in, like. Jane Cobb? Yeah, from Firefly. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't sound anything like him. I don't know I how he did that. I was literally listening to... Was he a kid? <laughs> I was literally watching Firefly earlier today, just kind of Wait, in really? the background. Yeah, and, like, I, like you do. I'm, I'm trying to think about it now. Those voices are very dissimilar. <laughs> <laughs> I 
like I wouldn't believe it if it wasn't on Wikipedia, which I guess is not a good way for me to go through life. I think it's pretty good. They got a pretty good track record. Yeah, better than I, better than most. I would believe Wikipedia over my own brother. I, I would believe Wikipedia over myself. <laughs> Ooh, that, that's a tricky situation. <laughs> like, you know, it's like Memento, you know, can you believe I, your yeah, own memories? I can't trust that. <laughs> can you believe your own eyes from a scanner darkly? No, you can trust Wikipedia and no one else. I, 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 I like, I... I, I, I wish I had a flippant comment of a thing that I believed ten minutes ago, but I can't come up with anything. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so let's, uh, how about Jade? I think Jade yeah. is kind of the deuteragonist here. Yeah, so the this main is supporting role. The best, like, child sidekick ever created. Oh, absolutely fantastic. I was skeptical coming in. because I She started read... off a little irritating. She got better. I was worried because of how poorly this role is done in contemporary cartoons. Like, mm-hmm. and contemporary works in general. Um... Uh, short round is absolutely the worst part of Temple of Doom, right? <laughs> and yeah. That that, that kind of, I feel like that kind of that pairing, uh, the Scrappy. This happens a lot, actually. Snarf. You got um, Scrappy. Scrappy again. You got Godzuki. <laughs> this is like kind of a constant thing, right? Where like they mm-hmm. have like this little cuddly, friendly character, so that it's not as um harsh the rest of the time and so that you can kind of draw the kids in but jade is a badass like jade is awesome it was so smart of them making jackie the mild-mannered good one and having jade be the kind of rambunctious because their relationship works the way she is scrappy so what's the difference so jackie tries to protect her and says don't go into harm's way and then she's like i want to be where the action is you need me and then well, he has and to she protect absolutely her. adores Jackie. Yeah, because she's, she's like so great. You are a secret agent ninja. Why can't you revel in it? I think she's also kind of just drawn to his like. I she's know, drawn he, to power. She's drawn to power, but she's also kind of drawn to him as kind of a like just a, a role model. Like yeah, I, like teach me your secrets. I got the feeling like she cared for her parents, but she never kind of had something to look up to. You know. Uh huh. And, and that's constantly shown to be the case in her interactions with Viper, the uh, femme fatale role. This, this show has a femme fatale role. The show has every role. Wh- why? Why People are you doing this? People just show up. <laughs> hey, Jane Adventures, calm down. Take so, a break. I found... Get some water, Jackie Chan Adventures. <laughs> hey, Jackie Chan Adventures, are you doing okay? I just wanted to, just wanted to just talk to you in. for a minute. Just a real heart to heart, you know, in the hustle and bustle. That You've is been working... Section 13, trying to take down the Dark Hand, put demon sorcerer liches in their place. Just want to make sure. You've been working for 95 episodes straight. Don't you think you should take a break? Take a day off where you don't happen to go to Hawaii and invoke a crazy Hawaiian volcano demon sorcerer. Maybe okay. get a video game adaptation. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but don't get sucked into the video game because the Monkey King tricked you into it. That guy. Yeah. That bro. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. I felt like uh, like the fact that Jackie doesn't want Jade to come with, uh, but like Jackie kind of needs her. Like she ends up making like through a series of coincidences. Sometimes her being there allows it to work. So I felt it was kind of like a Ron stoppable situation. 
Oh, you think that uh, you think that the jade factor was a yeah consideration there? Yeah, because like Jackie Chan feels more like Ron Stoppable. Jade feels more like Kim Possible, but their roles are reversed. No, it's 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 t- it's it's entirely it's an entirely different dynamic though, because Jackie is the one who knows what he's doing, and that makes all the difference. So I don't even think you can kind of apples and oranges that thing. I think that those hmm. dynamics are way too different. Okay, um, it's 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 still a good pairing where they need each other. Yeah, it's symbiotic certainly. Um, I really like that Jackie doesn't. The, the fact, like, it's such a simple interaction, and you can play it as just a reoccurring joke, but the fact that Jackie tries not to have her along, and the fact that Jade is always able to go along, says so much about both of them. Yeah. He will put her somewhere, like, lock Stay and key, right and she'll, here. she will just show up there. Yeah. and, and With or without explanation. First of all, great comedic timing there, right? He'll get there. He got off of a long flight and a long bus ride and just got to the scene of action. Hi, Jackie. <laughs> Thump on his chest. Better than that, he'll be investigating something and be like, hmm, I need my, I need my magnifying glass. And she'll hand it to him. Here you go. How <laughs> Thank did you, you do Jade. that? <laughs> um, also, her character works really well because now we get to see the talismans in use. She loves using the magical artifacts because she recognizes, like, hey, these don't go in a museum. They go in my pocket. This this situation would be a lot easier if we had superpowers right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't you agree? In, she's the Zane and Ben of this universe. <laughs> <laughs> but it also allows for, like, comp- complexities in the plot because magic has repercussions and she's not going to let that stop her. And they usually do have repercussions. She'll always be a little too uh, eager to use this stuff that she does not understand. So it's also a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. And it, it and, and that plays into the like larger allegory that she and Jackie have as kind of a master and mentee relationship. Uh-huh. Because she's, he's teaching her martial arts in, a, in an attempt to instill discipline in her. And we can see all these interactions of her being far too eager to get into conflict. We can see <laughs> how much she needs this structure. Yeah, the, the classic idea of, like, we learn to fight so that we have the discipline to know when not to fight. Yeah. Which, Cut in that scene from Karate Kid. Which you will only think is cool after you're old enough, like, too old to go into those martial arts classes. It's the coolest thing. I, I When I figured out that... The reason that real martial artists never throw their weight around is that they don't they don't try to prove how strong they are because they have nothing to prove. That kind of that flicking on a light in my head was so instrumental to my love of boxing. And I didn't I wouldn't have appreciated it as a little kid. I would just been like, I want to be able to do flips, punch a guy out, make him go down in a single blow. Yeah, I would have lost the finesse to that. I just love like. The idea of, so I, I, I get annoyed sometimes when kids don't follow their potential or try to self-improve because all of childhood is people just saying like, go improve yourself. Like you have time and energy to just make yourself a better person. And now I'm like a jaded semi-adult and I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not too late for me, but it feels like it is and I don't want to anymore. <laughs> 
Right, and there's there and there's worthwhile cartoons to take up our time. So why would we? Bother but when I get old, when I get old enough, when I get old enough that I can't improve myself, that's when I'll want to. I've got it all figured out. <laughs> you're you're speak. You're almost speaking in Uncle Like Riddles right now. It's <laughs> hard to follow. Dad's doing that. Um, he's uh he's doing his uh ham radio stuff that he didn't get to do when he was uh in the thick of uh of working as much. Ham ham. Yeah. Uh, no, I I, I so totally gets... see what you mean, and I totally agree. I wish <laughs> I wasn't vision radio. Was. What's that? Um, nothing. You were just bringing up ham taro. Uh, I was bringing up heat vision because of the pig talisman. Sure. <laughs> Makes heat sense. beam eyes. Yeah. Let's let's keep going through the characters because we got to get to Hakfu. Well, sooner or later. One last thing that I want. <laughs> one last thing about Jade that uh, <laughs> this detail, character's page you'll... is a straight. Is just a straight. It's me trying to get to Hakfu. <laughs> that's um, what the second last is. thing about jade that you will love is that apparently her character was based off of goslin from darkwing duck no way yeah can, like can that you, whole can you like cite your sources sh- she's got spirit um i think channel frederator does these um i think i got it from there uh they do that like 107 oh, they facts do, yeah. that I sometimes sometimes i dive into when there's not a lot on uh on wikipedia about like the feel of something mm-hmm. it helps out yeah because you you get kind of like a, a first person account rather than like audience if you if you would like a professional way to get more information yeah listen to the internet rather than us just sharing opinions about hawk <laughs> uh yeah no channel channel federator is great i love uh i love their stuff yeah but yeah it was, uh, was inspired by goslin from darkwing duck mm-hmm Oh, sidebar. I was playing Hearthstone recently. The uh, uh, the opponent's name was Darkwing Dump. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Ulysses was around for that. <laughs> yeah. A good laugh was shared by all. Continue. <laughs> uh, so next up is Uncle. Oh, man. Uncle's great. Who... Every, every time a new... Guys, these three main characters, <laughs> these... every time we introduce one, we just talk about how great they are. All of the characters are great. This is not incidental to our like of the show. Come, give Uncle a hug. Oh! You did not make coffee this morning. Coffee is the only thing keeping Uncle's ancient heart beating. You want dead Uncle? No? Then you make coffee. One more thing. You receive phone call from the university. They want you to translate parchments. One more thing. I cannot read these inscriptions. One more thing. So this guy's got, he's a quote master, very quotable. Um, He fights sometimes, like physical fighting with these sudden chops. I love how every character has their own fighting style, by the way. (laughs) But his main thing is like this exposition dump slash mythology guru because he's an antiques dealer and also a chi wizard and it's not clear how he became the latter <laughs> the, the chi wizard part i feel like is weak like that feels kind of weak to me it was tacked on it felt like it just showed up suddenly in the second season and didn't need explanation if i had a character who had to be a chi wizard uncle's fine I kind of liked him as just a bookworm who had an antique shop. And, and so he cared, has a bunch and, of books. And had, like, outdated concepts of the balance of good and evil. <laughs> we have to restore the balance, Jackie. You're the <laughs> only one who thinks this, Uncle. I won't tell you again. You make Thanksgivings awkward. 
<laughs> You're but crazy. I, 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 it was okay. Like, the show survived him being a chi wizard. I just think that was an extraneous detail, I guess. I think I think it was a way to just get him in more scenes, because now he's in the exposition and the action scenes. I guess I'll accept that. But, uh, yeah, I like, I like him best when he's research uncle and not magician uncle. Yeah, because he'll come back with, like, this uh, ancient story or information about a mystical artifact, and half the time it's like, okay, yes, this fits the themes, this makes sense, we know what we have to do. And half the time it really feels like he's making it up. And, and it also feels like a, a an Abe Simpson, like, babble kind of, <laughs> you know. Did you see that one Simpsons episode? Where... Okay, second, second Simpsons reference of the podcast. There you go. At least. There was, one, there was one where he started babbling a lot in front of Homer, and at the end of the episode, he tells Homer that he's ready for his first real rant. <laughs> and it's like this like faux touching moment he's like, like giddy yeah like are you sure i'm ready you can do it son and then he goes on a grandpa style rant that like has no point and makes no sense and is clearly false this was back in 19 tickety 12 we had to say tickety because the germans stole our word 20 well, wasn't that wasn't that grandpa phil <laughs> it could be a lot of grandpa i don't know I, We've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about great cartoon dads. I think we have to get into the Grandpa <laughs> Welcome and Uncle Welcome to Grandpa territory. Watch 2018. <laughs> oh yeah, Year of the Grandpa, Chinese give, Zodiac. Guys, give us a grandson. <laughs> so, Uncle. <laughs> yeah, um, he's great. He's definitely feels the spotlight when he shows up, I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I love... You, you said that each of them have a different fighting style. I like in the first couple of seasons before he gets kind of chi wizard, his fighting style is just taking advantage of other people's aggression. It's very, <laughs> yeah. it's very much Aikido kind of. Like, they're charging at you, you flip them. You use their momentum against them. Even simpler than that. Like if they're charging at you, you just step out of the way and they hit something. <laughs> that they, hit their, they, they full on Tauros it. Or oh, my he- favorite one he just takes out a bar of gold and puts it in front of him as someone tries to punch him, and now they're punching a bar of gold, which is like, <laughs> break their uh, my, fist. My favorite is where he just takes two fingers and slaps somebody with on the forehead with them. Because, like, that that feels painful. And it's got that great sound effect accompanying it. Oh, the sound effects are, are amazing. It's just, like, <laughs> just the best martial art foley. Oh, yeah. Although, I would say, kind of repetitive. Like, it still works, but... Yeah, I mean, no more so than Samurai Jack. Fair. But uh, that was a problem I had with that one, too, so it feels wrong not to point it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Uncle Steals the Show. It's hard to come up with any more generalities about him. It's it's more like, yeah, and this time, he, get, he went way off the deep end. Here's how. He's definitely, like, also kind of senile. In a way that I think is very amusing, which is not a sentence that I normally say. <laughs> Do you have an example? Well, my favorite one is where they, where all, the three of them go into like a parent-teacher conference. Again, there's magic dragon shit going on in the background. <laughs> I want to see the parent-teacher parent conference. conference because Jade's acting up in school. She's it's not awesome. doing her homework. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he tells her like. What, where, where did she learn this kind of violence? Kung fu is not meant for violence. It's to teach her bl- discipline. 
And then Uncle chimes in and is like, Kung Fu, Master Martial Arts, whole body becomes a living weapon. <laughs> and like just <laughs> kind of not, not helping. helping. <laughs> not really helping out, Uncle. Oh, yeah. he reminds... Uh, she reminds me of how Jackie used to be as a child, always climbing on things. He thinks he looks like a chimpanzee. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uncle, come on. Mind the shop. Why did you come? You knew you weren't going to be helpful. I don't know. Just all of his phrases are delightful to me. Do you have a favorite? Um, The one more thing is great. The one more thing I think is really classic, like, you bring up Jackie Chan Adventures, and that's probably the first thing somebody will say right back to you. Uh, unless you're someone in my group of friends, in which case, it's Angry Crow Takes Flight. <laughs> Angry Crow Takes Flight. <laughs> and trust me, audience, I'm trying to get to Hawk Fu as we'll, fast as we'll I can. get to Hawk Fu. As I conceivably let's, can. Let's, let's move along to uh, <laughs> uh, Toru, I guess. Well, I think we can sum up the kind of... So that's the core kind of three characters. There's also yeah. these auxiliaries. And yes, Toru is more there more than the others, but I kind of want to talk about them as a as a group. Okay. Cuz I don't think that Toru is all that interesting in and of himself. No, he's he's uh studying under Uncle to become a, oh. you know, chi wizard. <laughs> yeah, it, see exactly. <laughs> like who cares? But uh he's a villain in the first season, just sort of this big henchman. I don't think that they do a lot to explain why he turned to the forces of good. No, it, it almost seems like two completely different characters. It's pretty undermotivated, and uh, I think the show rightly doesn't focus on it because I feel like any explanation would have felt felt cheap and forced. Yeah. So I, I I think they just needed to balance the teams once the enemy got Hawk Fu. Well, I think they needed to shove him out of the way so that Hawk Fu could exist. <laughs> to phrase it a little bit more precisely. But Hawk I, Fu is quickly becoming the uh, uh, Jack Spicer or um, <laughs> you know Safari Joe of this of this show. I don't know. There's so many of them. But, but what you were saying about Toru kind of not having a real explanation for changing to the side of good—that's another one of those things that these irreverent shows that focus on how silly everything is mm-hmm. is allowed to do. You can just change where somebody is suddenly, and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, there wasn't that much to him either before or afterwards. He just plays for a different team. You know, there's not much more to him. He's, um, he's pretty simple and straightforward. I, I like him. I think that he adds a balance to the to the main trio. He's fine. I, I don't really consider him. I consider him one of the extended J team, as uh, yeah. <laughs> as uh, as Jade would say. Oh, you, you you lump him in with El, Tor- El Toro and Viper. That's right. <laughs> El Toro is pretty great. I, I like Toru more than I think you do, but uh, but but we can move on. There's not much else to say. Uh, rounding yeah. out the good guys is Captain Black, who yep. it seems it's like he's Agent from K. a different show. It's, it's, he's from Men in Black. He's from he's Agent K. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the first season, this is great. He plays the skeptic. He's like, magic's not real, you know. And Uncle says, you know, magic has to defeat magic. You need my help. Yeah, just After constantly being a crazy person in the background. After he sees magic, he's sort of, he becomes this comic role because he's in the unenviable position of getting resources from his bosses without making himself seem crazy. Oh, man, that's my favorite scene where, like, so, like they, they try to do the psycho- <coughs> like, psychology test on him and show him a bunch of Rorschach ink blots. Demon. Oh, uh, that's a demon. Water demon. <laughs> this one. Socks. Worn by a very big demon. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, first season, he's, like, this cool, 
um, you know, he's in charge of the secret organization. It's all very, you know, hush hush and, and mysterious. And then after that, he's just this like guy who gets shit on by everyone else. That's the thing. He's not different. He's the same person. The, the same character has changed. But yeah, he's the exact like, same person. You know, you take a, you know, you take a guy who's really rich, you know, wearing the top hat and tuxedo, and you put him in surfer gear. You know, same guy. <laughs> yeah, we have to can't consider... take him as can't take him as seriously. <laughs> I I really like that analogy. I don't know why you were thinking of surfer gear, but sure, sure, man. It's it's from the um, Understanding Comics um, comic. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it by the Scott show- McCloud. Yeah, it talks about how, um, you know, the things we wear inform our characters. And it shows, like, the guy, a guy standing with the same pose and smile and just different costumes, and they all look different. Oh, sure. Or like just that, da- like, or like that Dave Chappelle sketch. This smile means different things. Or like that Dave Chappelle sketch that is uh, unfortunate attitudes towards loose women. I don't remember that one, but I can oh, probably fill it in for just from imagination. <laughs> you probably have enough information. The title of Dave Chappelle's skits, <laughs> like if you add a subtitle to those, you can fill in everything else. <laughs> uh, Dave Chappelle, you mo go go fight When Dave Chappelle guest starred on Jackie Chan Adventures, I really think <laughs> I, I don't think they utilized his character well enough. I, I wish I. I don't. I'm not fast today. I don't know what it is. I'm. I'm slow. I can't come up with a way to put Dave Chappelle in Jackie Chan Adventures. Dark Hand, man. Let me tell you about that. <laughs> man, let me tell you about what? the real Dark Hand. You know How saying? come the Dark Hand is evil? Hmm. hmm? Tell you me that. that? <laughs> I can't go to the bank like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> I got. I got to do a rewatch of the Chappelle Show at some point. Like so much of it will have dried up because of pop culture references just don't make no sense anymore mm-hmm. but uh i feel like i feel like it's still pretty pristine probably more troubling than it used to be though <laughs> in any case uh let's get back it was it was a different time let's talk about the villains yes so uh main antagonist for how long does valmont stay around valmont has this really interesting like reverse character arc where he just keeps falling down the social status ladder. So first off, head of a criminal organization is the main confidant of this demon. He's who basically is Goldfinger imprisoned. He's Goldfinger. Second season, he gets possessed by Shendu, and like he's not in control of his body, but he's got cool powers. Third mm-hmm. season, he's kicked out. He's just kind of down on his luck. He gets a job as a bus driver. Or Does taxi that really driver happen? Or I, I didn't see Valmont after the second season. I felt real bad because I really liked him. Something like that. By the fifth season, he tries to just become a henchman like the other guys, and he is rejected. That's terrible. <laughs> that so makes me just feel like this... so bad. And it's a shame because I like Valmont. <laughs> like yeah. in this world where all this magic is crazy, you can have superpowers. He just wants money. He's he just wants a... to be a... yeah. He's he just wants very to be a cool simple. criminal. And he's he's like a reasonable he's not bad at it no he seems like he actually knows what he's doing it's just he's just in the wrong world he gets he gets uh he's he's over his head and uh you know he's being possessed by shendu i think shendu is a real solid villain yeah shendu um is kind of the main antagonist alien stuff going on with him like even when shendu is not the villain shendu is the villain 
in in the first season he is very alien because we don't know anything about magic other than hey talismans have powers so uh-huh. the idea of a demon entering our world is not a thing that's on the table and so he feels very very he, he feels a lot more dire a figure than he later would yeah, he he spends most of his time as a statue, but at the cl- at the These finale, days he spends most of his time as a statue. <laughs> in the final uh, confrontation showdowns of every season, I think except for season four, Shendu shows up as his big dragon form and punches a bunch of people. Really, I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. that he that he reprised for... his role of as big bad. Yeah, even even when he's not, he just kind of shows up for the fight. <laughs> It's hard to describe why. (laughs) I'm into it. I like his voice. That's a real interesting... Yeah, uh, that same same guy who voices Jackie Chan. But they they do something to it. They modulate it in an interesting way, and they have like a rattlesnake rattle behind Mm -hmm. it when he talks. Do you notice that? Yeah, he's... He he really sells the otherworldly, and... uh, (laughs) Like, you get the... like. So you know how the henchmen are real, like, three stooges, just not very good at their job? They really are. Shendu is like that, but for demons. You see him back in the demon plane, and all of his brothers and sisters are shitting on him. Like, yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't handle an archaeologist. <laughs> they're all, they're all giving him swirlies and shit. <laughs> but since he's a demon, he's still better than all the humans at being evil. Yeah, it's it's a big fish situation. Um, how is Dalon Wong? I remember him being okay. I, he's a nice twist, like compared to Shendu, because. Shendu felt like, oh, I know where the next talisman is. Go to that. Next one, next one. It was very sequential. Wong feels like he's got larger plans. Like, he... Like, unlike Valmont, he knows magic. And unlike Shendu, he can be at the scene of the action. So he has more flexibility. I I, I really liked him in the action. So a while back, I think in um, a long time ago, you you asked me whether or not in the... um, uh, what was it? The He-Man episode? You were asking me whether or not Skeletor was a blow-up-the-world or a rule-the-world kind of villain? Uh-huh. Uh, and I feel like Shendu is a rule-the-world kind of villain, whereas the other ones feel much more like a blow-up-the-world kind of villain. Dalon yeah, Long like and also the Mask Weirdo. Power for its own sake or power for a purpose? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Talismans real quick, I... Um... <clears throat> I, you know, I was listening to Shaolin Showdown in preparation for this episode. <laughs> the th- the thing we pointed out there was a Shengong Wu gets activated and both teams rush to get it and they touch it at the same time. And you're like, okay, that strains, that strains credibility. Mm-hmm. Here, it's not even they activate at the same time. The no, talismans it's... exist and they just show up at the same time. But for some reason, it doesn't bother you as much. A lot of the times, it's because they're following Jackie Chan because all the places that they have him in are trapped. Oh, that's a good point. Or yeah, weird puzzles. <laughs> and we, let's face it, Ratso cannot figure that shit out. It's like we could do all the hard legwork ourselves, or we could just follow Jackie Chan. And this is the problem, right? Because no matter who has the, the talismans the, or the MacGuffins, by the end of the season, the good guys have all of them. The bad guys steal all of them. You might as well have not tried. It's really the same thing as Shaolin Showdown. It's interesting you say that, like, let's have Jackie Chan steal them and then take them from Jackie Chan. Isn't that a little bit like, we want some honey, let's let this bear steal it from the bees and then take down the bear? 
<laughs> I was also listening to B-Movie. <laughs> well, great. <laughs> the politics thereof are, are, are dicey. Yeah, it's a real Final Fantasy kind of kind of plot. Kind mm-hmm. of uh No, the plot structure is so, is so obvious and, and, and surface level. The, this show is not deep, guys. There's nothing about this that is eye-opening or enlightening. It is just it's, fun as hell. It's jelly beans. It is. Different colors, different flavors, jelly beans. Not even, and they're not the every flavor beans like you get in Harry Potter movies. Because no, because none of them, of them are, are bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, there's some licorice at the end of season five, but that's just because you saved them all till season five. Yeah, this one tastes like... Mountain Dew. Yeah, Mountain Dew. This, this, this one tastes like a puffer fish. <laughs> yeah, you won't go get fight it sow. You want to talk about the Dark Hand. The time Do has I? come. The day is here. I think those are the only ones left I, well, to talk I, about. The only one I have to... So, first season, they've got those three dudes. Uh, and Toru. And Toru. Uh, the three dudes, I think they're great. There's Chow. He's kind of the short Asian one with the kind of greaser affectation. Um, there's Ratso, who's just a fun guy who loves baseball and is kind of a mama's boy. And then there's Yeah, Finn. Real, real dumb American kind of thing. Yeah, and, and then Finn. there's Finn, who's real interesting. A failed wedding singer slash disco aficionado. I'm glad that you also looked up Finn's, like, history. You looked at his LinkedIn profile. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You have a a few-year gap in your work history. Yeah, you know, I was tracking down some magic talismans, serving a criminal enterprise, but it's okay because we took down the dragon god at the end of it. We're gonna took, we're gonna put that as finding himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, Finn's real strange. Toru used to be their kind of elite mook, their enforcer kind of deal, uh, yeah. and then Hawk Fu showed up at near the end of the first season. Oh man, did he ever! <laughs> Good God, how they they so, knew right? So they Jackie knew. Chan Adventures is at least on its surface set in the real world. There's some magic <laughs> stuff, but most people don't know. Hak Fu is the like most the ludicrous thing about this show. They took Full a character, dragon magic, chi wizards, <laughs> and men in black style stuff. Seeking a talisman. Only counterfeits here. Do I know you? I am Hak Fu, the last human you will ever lay eyes upon. Go. Flamingo stance. <gasps> These little piggies went to the market. Flying dragon cock screw. Cat lands on feet and bears claws. <laughs> Cat shakes off water. Cat tears squirrels head off. They took an anime character, like from Dragon Ball Z, and just imported him here. He's calling out attacks. He's a Final Fantasy villain, just like, <laughs> he He shouts the names of his attacks. Angry monkey plus two anime. peaches. He's got spiky anime hair. He He's seemingly has no personality other than else. wants to be the strongest. <laughs> Always Where scowling. He He's got this from? crazy Fu Manchu. And like... It's I love, God, I man. once ran a D&D campaign with my friend Mike G. Mike G is great. He's funny as hell. 
he made a character based off of Hawk Fu. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. Where all of his attacks, whenever he would do a thing, and this is what Hawk Fu does, is he screams it while saying something, <laughs> some animal metaphor. And it's real dumb. Um, yeah. It, like, Angry Crow takes flight whenever he's going to do a jump attack. Um, and it doesn't even have to be an attack. It can just be kind of him doing stuff. Monkey plucks two peaches if he's doing, like, two and, fingers to poke at somebody's eyes. Yeah. It's, uh... I, like I think I think he gets the ox talisman and he's like ox annihilates field mouse and just does like a pile drive. Yeah, yeah, and or oh God, I don't know. It's a uh, he'll, he'll like try to step on step on someone and you know be like jaguar tramples earth and and then he'll like accidentally hurt his foot and it'll be like kitten licks wounds and like retreats. It's, it's <laughs> he's so into his own gimmick. Yeah, He's so he does... <laughs> convinced by his own theme. And this is where the surface level of Jackie Chan Adventures is a real positive because you can fit this character in and nobody's really questioning it too perfectly. hard. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing in common with him and anything else. No. It's not explained why he's there or what he's doing. It would be very easy for someone to be like, so why do you shout the names of your attacks like that? And And that would be a fine joke in this show. He just no, wouldn't it's, respond. It's a house party. You don't know who invited him, but no one's going to ask, who's that guy? <laughs> Tak Fu. No. He came to the party. Yeah. He shows up. He shows up. He is the party. I don't know if you knew this. Party didn't stop until the Fu walks in. Thirsty hummingbird drinks nectar. <laughs> Does a keg stand. Yeah. He's great. Uh... And, you know, it, that's just, like, one of those facets of this show, that the show would have been perfectly fine without him. But every time that this show starts something and then just kind of keeps on going over the top in different ways. <laughs> like, I thought I was perfectly into all the talisman kind of villain of the week kind of uh, find the talisman, figure out what it does, does kind of mystery style things, like Shaolin Showdown style things. And then they get to the end of the first season and a fight against Shen Du in bodily form where they have to pluck talismans out of his flesh with chi magic. Yes. I didn't realize it was all I had ever wanted from Jackie Chan Adventures. And then it happened. <laughs> it just, they keep on adding new, better things to itself until it eventually falls down underneath its own weight, which, you know, argu arguably was going to happen no matter what. And I'm glad it got as far as it did before that point. And I don't even blame them for seasons four and five. Four probably was pretty good if it just didn't feel so disconnected. And I didn't five, like the masks. I didn't like take, them much. Take out, you know, take out the vanilla ice wrappers, and I don't know. I think they. It, I wouldn't have been satisfied either if they just kept doing the same thing. Yeah. Afterward, like, how many times can they find the talismans, and why? I don't know. Like, I think the, the demons made a lot of sense having to, you know, lock the demons down again. I think but they, was... they close themselves off. They're like, uh, eight demons. Can't have more demons. Yeah, and that's why half a season two was all kind of nonsense, which was still enjoyable nonsense, but it was kind of nonsense. Yeah, that one had a lot of, of the one-offs where nothing quite happens. I, yeah. I tended to avoid those. I like the plot ones with the magic, mystical stuff. I like them too, but there are some real gems in the in the one-off episodes. Like I, I, I went back to some that I remembered specifically. <laughs> yeah, like the one where they go back in time? Yes. Because Jade, Jade uses the rabbit talisman to go super fast, and 
hits a laser that's for some reason in the way so it <laughs> opens up to the portal to, to the past for no reason there's also a plot important one where they go, go back in time and rewrite history because the, the book demons of ages did it first god that one was yeah. great and jackie is super cowardly because he doesn't have the the structure from being jackie chan in a modern era yeah because because shendu does what all villains does and oh rewrote history better keep my arch nemesis around to you know wait on me yeah what a, what a numbskull never do that yeah but cut that out but it's so brave for the show like eventually yes it did go in directions that were less interesting but for the time being these one-off episodes can be really interesting mm-hmm. and really fun to watch like the book of ages one rewrite history everyone forgets their memories except for jade and there's a really good reason that that happens and she has to kind of train her mentor her mentor to be her mentor again this is how you be a hero what a fun dynamic that is yeah that's such a fun dynamic. That's good stuff. And you can't do that in a show that isn't this. That isn't as whimsical and cares so little about its own continuity and respects <laughs> its own continuity so little. Like, you have it, to be this. It's weird how cohesive it ends up feeling. It does. Because it always feels like everything is going fucking crazy. I feel like they had, like, a concise set of rules that they cannot break. And then said, go do whatever you want. And then, like, once every couple of seasons, they just break them. They break a couple, but they think it out. They, they do. Think it out. They think they it make out. It, they make it a good story, like, okay, we're breaking it for this reason. And no. we can never do it again. It's so great. <laughs> so let's uh, let's get into the tone and genre. Okay. Uh, and I really only have one point that I want to make here, which is just that the reason that I love this show, I was going back through and trying to figure out, I was like, Ben, Ben. One more thing. Why do you like this show so much? <laughs> I couldn't figure it out for a long time. I, I was kind of struggling with it as we were nearing this episode because I, I kind of felt like I needed to have a good reason that this show is so good. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And I I had a trouble figuring out what it was. I was watching it. I was like, this is good, but it's just kind of enjoyable. And this is, I, I, I couldn't really figure out beyond what was, what was so good about it. And eventually I realized... It just has the best elements from so many shows that we've watched and enjoyed the shit out of. Yeah, lay, lay this down. So um, let's talk about how it's so serious that it becomes silly. Like the fact that Jackie Chan is like evading laser fire from a dragon. Like that's a dramatic moment, but they very quickly like subvert it by like showing it from like a third, like a third point of view. Like Finn is just like, we're gonna leave this one to you, v- Big V. Like we're not gonna yeah, get yeah, yeah. involved. Like they they're yeah. treating it silly, but the characters are treating it serious. After a big attack that almost kills someone, a third party will almost always say, "I got on the wrong bus. I'm gonna head out." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so that reminds me of what they did in Wallace and Gromit. Very recently, we were talking about how they'll make a really serious moment, but it'll be in the context of this dumb. Like, <laughs> MI6 fighting this dragon cult with a bunch of greaser henchmen. So it, it'll just be complete nonsense, but they'll treat it like it's serious, and it'll make it all the funnier. Um, right. For a different thing, the idea that they continually pick up and discard old genres so that we get we, we use them just as long as we enjoy them. One of the episodes early on, Jackie does a museum heist and is met with Viper. So this is all kind of Mission Impossible 
style verbs. He's going through laser traps using his kung fu to get past them. He's walking past a mirror, which isn't actually a mirror because it's Viper, but doing the exact same <laughs> motions as her. Like, this is all kind of heist slash, uh, like, Ocean's Eleven style verbiage that they're using. But then they just get rid of it once they're out of the museum. They don't, it's not a whole movie about that. Um, very often they'll, you know, start some of a plot of a, or, or some of the, of a scene of a Jackie Chan film. Like, I saw a ton of references to Rumble in the Bronx. A ton of references to Rush Hour, for that matter. <laughs> but then they just quit it and go back to the antique shops. And, and that reminded me a lot of Megas XLR in its ability to adopt a genre and then just chuck it away when they're done yeah, with it. Yeah, you, you use it as long as it's helping, and as soon as it stops being a boon, you don't feel tied to it. It is the opposite of what you do with masturbating. You use it until you lose it. Wait a second. <laughs> nope. Just steamrolling on. Number three. There's just like masturbating. <laughs> there's, there's, there, every single episode, there's a new magic thing to figure out. It could be a demon. It could be a talisman. It could be a Hana. It could be a, a, an Oni mask. There's something new that's magic in each episode. It could be one of the one-offs where there's these three giant monkey statues that lock off your either your sight, your ability to speak, or your hearing. Um new magical implement each episode as a plot hook that's shaolin showdown my friend pure and simple mm -hmm. um the way that the action ramps up so you start off great fighting regular human fist-to-fist -fist action and then ramp out as people get special abilities that enhance them so that's that's uh, very kim possible and also character interactions like yeah there's a real camaraderie amongst the the main crew that you that you get in some of those kind of ensemble style shows um maybe not a superhero one but certainly like a lesser group of you know quote unquote heroes trying to accomplish a mission definitely kim possible is in that vein and like protecting protecting your sidekick but you also need your sidekick so you can't like shield them from the world elements of samurai jack he constantly has somebody he has to care for that is kind of a burden but it ends up being good for him Back-to-back -back mm -hmm. badasses happen all the time with Jackie and Toru later on. You know, that's also Samurai Jack with him and the Scotsman. Every so often, mm -hmm. someone will just someone cool will show up. Uh, excellent use of like the fact that they'll be in a different environment, and that will enhance the action of a scene. So, like maybe they're near the marina and they're evading the dark hand by using a jet ski to try to get the talisman away from him. Well, first of all, that's a Jackie Chan movie. And then second of all, <laughs> that's the sort of thing that Cyber Six would do to enhance its combat, is they would just put it in a new spot, make a different thing happen. It's still the same and characters fighting, but they're doing it in a new location, and it, like, in the, um... It, in fleshes out the, it fleshes out the locations as well. Like, this feels like San Francisco. This feels like Bavaria, right? Yeah. Um, Carmen Sandiego did that a lot, where... Yeah. Let's just take a couple minutes and check out these places. They go because these are real places. They go to uh, the t they go to what was it? Brazil, Mexico? Was it Mexico? I can't remember. All of them. They've been everywhere. They, they, they have to, an unlimited travel budget. I think I think they go to Mexico and like they they flesh out the they fight the chupacabra. <laughs> yeah, they, they they fucking hunt the chupacabra. They're absolutely. <laughs> so it's 
it's all of these elements. They're not doing anything that's specifically unique to this show. But they're doing some stuff that we've talked up in different kinds of shows. And it's just the ability to cohere all of these disparate elements from all of our favorite shows, the best parts of those shows, and somehow just mesh them into this bizarre framework settled around Jackie Chan, like an entertainer entertainer persona extraordinaire. (laughs) And it'd be one thing if it took these best elements somewhere in the runtime of the show. Every episode has all of these components. <laughs> I'm not talking about it. Yeah, it's you could you It could so this, consistently hits. We could do this for a episode. If you do for the Rat Talisman episode, it starts out Jade it can't won't clean up her room. So Jackie trips, falls, breaks his leg. We got like a family dynamic kind of this guilt thing that we've got sort of a um, martial arts metaphor underneath it about discipline and responsibility, personal responsibility. That's definitely got some samurai jack to it. Um, you know, then further along, Rat Talisman ends up in Turbo Troll. He buggers off, you know? Uh, We've got an environment scene change, much like Carmen Sandiego, and we've also got new plot MacGuffin to to deal with, much like Shaolin Showdown. How do we deal with this? You know, By getting our own giant robot, just like in Megas XLR. Hey, it just keeps going. Just (laughs) never stops. Yeah. He's fighting on crutches at the end of it. He gets tossed in the in the bay and has to has to find his way out of that. He's skiing. Oh, can we can we talk about the action and the way that it yes. establishes itself here? I, I think I t- said everything I wanted to about tone. So did you just want to jump into anything else or? Yeah, there's just the animation um just focusing on the on the combat and the fighting first. Yeah. We mentioned that the fighting styles are character specific. Um and it fits their characters. So Jackie will do a bunch of flips and tosses. Uh, mm-hmm. Uncle does those short chops and like the the redirecting them and just kind of use his enemy's stupidity against them. Yeah, he he doesn't move much. Toru will grab and swing people because you know he's this big guy. Uh, and Jade, you know, doesn't have fighting style. She will run away or run forward and use magic. Because she's brash and not concerned about things. But she will also occasionally do, like, a jump kick if she catches them off guard. Right. Like, if if she can catch them unaware. It's very much like a thief mentality. Like a rogue, right? Yeah, hit hit and run just to stun them and get out of there. And that's why it works so well that she kind of idolizes that one character, Viper. Who is, Mm -hmm. you know, as a criminal, but is also very close to her in terms of, like, I want power... But I only have so much to work with. So I'm going to work it's, with it the best way I can. It's so great, that relationship, when, when Viper so- shows up. Because Jackie's like, I, I'm glad that Jade has, like, an older female role model who, you know, clearly has trained, is competent. But she's a criminal, and I can't let that go. And he just, he, <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know how I he, want her to respect me, but I need to be cool. <laughs> you know how he reconciles that? He doesn't. He's he's just (laughs) frustrated. (laughs) He doesn't know what to do. Ah, I can't handle this. I'll leave it for next episode. Maybe everyone will forget. There's a a bit of a shift teaves that goes on with him in Viper, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I'm honestly into it. Yeah, it works. I'm into that pairing. (laughs) She's completely in control of it. Yeah. And he's just a goody. He just kind of goes where he's told. He's just a Steve Rogers. 
Yeah. I agree that the, the fighting is really good, though, to, to talk to you about your earlier point. Um, and it is, it does feel like it's right out of a Jackie Chan film. It's extremely of, well choreographed. It's great choreography, a lot of flipping, uh, one against many fights where, like, eat a couple of goons will tackle at a time. And he'll uh, use one against the other. Perfect. Improvised weaponry, right? Jackie Chan is a master of ladder foo. Yes. <laughs> physics physics defying nonsense is kicked up to 11 because now there's magic. Because now they're like, there's to. physics defying. There's physics defying nonsense in Jackie Chan movies set in the real world. Yeah. Here. <laughs> now it's allowed, so they go beyond physics defying nonsense. <laughs> right. They defy physics, and then they defy physics defining, like, defying physics. <laughs> it's like one step removed. It's so wacky. The uh, Something specific about the choreography that I really liked was that in moments where it is purely just action, you might think that they might do like the tired adrenaline time thing to make it look cool. But yeah, yes, bullet time was very popular in the early 2000s. They do the opposite. <laughs> they, they speed, speed up. up the interactions to make it feel more <laughs> like these are masters of their craft. And put and if, if you do have to focus on one of them, put speed lines in the back so that it feels faster. <laughs> and uh, what's really cool about it is that, like, they don't really show impact all the, all that often. They'll show, like, a guy getting kicked in the stomach, but if someone's going to get hit in the face with a lot of force, they'll, like, zoom in on the person going toward their face and then just show a reaction shot with, uh-huh. like, maybe, like, a, like a comic-style, like, blam kind of sound effect. Yeah, you see the, you see the results. The things, well, you see the thing that needs to be kung fu'd at from their perspective— and then you see from a third person so that you don't miss any of the cool, like, motions. There's like, their awesome... whole body gets involved. Yeah, and there's two awesome things about that. First of all, it shows it, it shows an amount of restraint in that we're not showing anything super violent or gruesome. Like, no. it's... Every there's time, no blood. Every time... Well, every time they're doing martial arts at each other, it looks more or less like a kata. It doesn't really look like they're trying to knock each other out right yeah they're going they're going through full motions yes uh it almost looks like a dance like a really articulate dance and then when the you know kind of final blow this is going to knock him out kind of style thing does they do that Pow! wham and he's (laughs) across the room that both shows (laughs) amount of restraint in not making it super violent and it also shows like a sense of the amount of power going into that attack like, almost in a fits the North style thing is, like, this is all kind of nonsense until the final, like, flurry of blows finishing move style thing. Like, it's almost <laughs> anime, you know? It's so powerful that you had to close your eyes for a second, and that's what the little transition moment is. So that is, like, really effective. Um, I don't have anything bad to say about the actual action in this. No, it's, clearly a high point. It's perfect. It's legitimately it's... perfect. <laughs> It really is. I have not found a better example. <laughs> What's a, another good thing about it is that the animation that is not the action um, in terms of kind of the models and the backgrounds, it all focuses our attention to the people involved. This is a very person-driven show. I care about Jackie's interactions with Jade. I care about Uncle's one-liners. I want to look at the people. I don't want mm-hmm. to look at the backgrounds because the backgrounds aren't that interesting. We're in San Francisco. Okay. It's how Jackie articulates in San Francisco that's interesting. And what they do is really interesting here is that um, the backgrounds are very rudimentary most of the time. 
There's not a lot. Oh of detail. man, I gotta talk about the background. There's not a lot of detail to him, and in fact, it seems like they were purposefully drawing outside of the lines. You are underselling it. That is exactly what they did. The colors go outside the lines. The background is done in such a simplistic style. It's almost impressionistic because, yeah. like, I get the sense of a crowded city. But only because there's a bunch of different colored rectangles intersecting at a weird angle. That is it. <laughs> like, like it feels like, San, and, and they don't just do this in San Francisco, but it's really on point because it's such a crowded city with some weird, like, uh, uh, like the sidewalks are at large angles, like a lot of hills. Mm-hmm. And it feels like San Francisco. But even when they go off to, like, China or whatever, and you see the, like, cool temples... The colors just extend out and like it's like at a oh, okay. Yeah. They're, there, they're coloring outside the lines. It, everything is watercolors. There's one time where they're in like this big metal cylinder thing, like in, in section thirteen somewhere, and you look on the wall, and there's just three rectangles, one on top of the other, with like a circle on the side of each one and you're like oh that's metal paneling information received i don't know how i process that but i know what it is God. <laughs> like in dave the barbarian it was lazy somehow this works well again <laughs> even though I, like i know that i've said it's it like very similar times now but ed and eddie used it to its advantage uh-huh. it had a surreal feel to it because it was just you know it was just a bunch of uh colors and shapes yeah it was just it was just capers it was just hijinks it was just kids playing you know, and everything is almost as silly as an Ed and Eddie here. Like it's crazy serious, but it's also crazy silly. Uh huh. The presentation is at odds with the stakes, and that's the recipe for comedy, Wallace and Gromit style. So, and since the action is the focus, and the characters are much more detailed, all you need of the background is a sense of where things are, so that we can get a sense of like where the characters are, how they're gonna fight. It draws sort of your thing. eye right to where you want to be. You want to be looking at the characters doing action because it's Jackie Chan adventures. So that's what the backgrounds, I love it because they clearly could have made the backgrounds look more realistic and in probably almost objectively speaking, more like backgrounds, right? <laughs> right. They could, have made them, like, they could have made them, made them look better. This tissue paper uh, uh, collage. Like of... Uncle's Rare Finds looks better. Because it, it's supposed to. It's supposed to give yeah. us the impression of a well-kept shop full of a bunch of really cool archaeology shit, right? Mm-hmm. Which, there's an interesting side point. Does Jackie Chan go and find relics and then just put them in the shop? N- no, surely not. <laughs> no, those belong in a museum, but he's working at an antique shop, right? If I... If I don't need this to make sense if no. i did i would say okay he made a contact he got the thing put it in a museum and the guy who got him to do that is like oh thank you so much you know here's a business connection for your uncle here's the here's this lesser museum oddity that we don't want around anymore because it spooks kids listen we have 10 pedestals in this museum you have given us a couple of lovely rare finds we don't know where to put this vase <laughs> Or maybe it's like but the a, vase is cursed. Maybe it's like you know you go to the cops. It's like I found this wallet. It's like okay, no one comes and claims it in thirty days. It's <laughs> yours. 
Maybe it's like yeah. that. So he's done so much for museums that they have like a waste uh, a policy. Sure. <laughs> like all excess goes to Jackie Chan. Like, listen, if 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 in thirty days no kids write their term paper on these runes on the on this sarcophagus, <laughs> you just go ahead and take it home. <laughs> Makes, makes as much so, sense as anything else. It doesn't matter. Yep. It doesn't matter, and our explanation is no more silly than whatever they would come it's, up it's with. It's like in Helsing. It needs not to make sense. Um, yeah. So I, I guess we kind of went a little bit off topic there, but the point is, <laughs> it's an action show, and it's character-driven, and the images, the, the artistic style lends itself to focusing our attention to exactly those details and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's everything about the show is intentional and serves to reinforce what's great about it. Definitely. Um, I, I only really have one other thing to say overall. And it's the thing that I know you want to talk about, uh, which is, I, I imagine I imagine you do. I have a couple things, other things I wanted to mention in animation. Because Zane, okay, listen. Let's hear I, it. I know we've been going on for a long time. And listener, yeah. it might seem like we're wandering. Listen, I have to say everything that I will ever say about Jackie Chan Adventures. I have to say it <laughs> now. This is a very important to me. I need to get all my opinions out of the way <coughs> so that I never beleaguer you with this again. Okay? Please so, expound. You're going to sit there and take it. Dan Daniel, I assume that's somebody who listens to our. Wouldn't it be cool if exactly one Daniel listened to it? You mean Dan Caves? In any case, um, (laughs) so you had mentioned that each character has their own fighting style. Mm -hmm. I wanted to mention that uh, that also extends to the villains. Yes, right, because the Dark Hand is a putty patrol essentially. But then you have the Enforcer, you have Hawk Fu. He does a lot of weird MMA shit. Yeah, jumps and tackles and grabs. Yeah, I remember in the in the Bavaria episode, he, like, grabs Jackie around the waist so that they're almost doing, like, this two-person continuous cartwheel maneuver and then yes. throws him into a wall. <laughs> and it was the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It's like they both tried to out-suplex the other one. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Until they ran out of floor and had to work with the wall. They were just sabbing for days. Um, yeah, and I, I I think that's what makes him... What's interesting is that uh, Hawk Fu, Jackie never bests him. Not once. No. So they're actually really effective rivals. Um, shoot, I guess that is... I guess I... You know, I said I had other things to say. I just had things to say about Hawk Fu. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> guess i wasn't done with him anyway uh, <laughs> music and sound um yeah about what you would expect um we or is that is that what you were about arts. to is that what you were heading toward yeah 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 okay um about what you would expect martial arts sound effects um vaguely eastern inspired music the uh the sound design i think actually is the one part of this show that feels a little bit less good than everything else only because it's like a flat neutral rather than a real big plus yeah it's 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 bad by contrast right 
um when someone gets hit it just looks it just feels like a regular foley of a person like when jade jumps and kicks or when jackie jumps and kicks it is that same kind of thwock sound uh-huh and i started getting real like just mental connections to like a wilhelm scream or something just you know real standard stock effect kind of kind of sound yeah. effects. The the voices and dialogue are all great. Um, the music doesn't really doesn't really even ring any bells except for the intro and outro. I kind of disagree. I think that uh, I think that the music is nice and eclectic. Um, like I said, it, it they do kind of pick up and discard genres, and so it will fit what they're trying to do. So there's well, that, that's what I mean. Like there's no surprising choices for any given scene. They're, they're not surprising choices, but I think that the range is an important thing to point out just because it's a success. You know, there's going to be jazzy, up-tempo music for good fight scenes that are not yeah. particularly climactic. And then when there are the climactic scenes, you're going to have some bombastic orchestra. And then Okay, yeah, so like the, mu- you know, the music fits it. It's just that the show itself covers such a wide range. Yes. Um, so like... You know, there there might be lesser shows, like uh, let let's let's say He Man also has appropriate music, but it's only going to have one track. You know, <laughs> they're only doing one thing. He Man's doing a lot of things. I don't know if any of it's appropriate. <laughs> Most of it's probably pretty inappropriate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But the fact that this does so much and still has appropriate music is more impressive here. I guess is my point. The intro is very strong, I think. Um, it, it sticks in my head. We gotta we gotta do the same. <laughs> this is real amazing. It's like it's this real driving forward beat well, and Well bass. let's discuss what the intro is. With these sound these great like eastern flute things on top. Let's... Like it gets it gets your eats it gets your east meets west. It does. The best of both together. Yeah, it starts in rush hour and then like reverts back toward a drunken master, and then <laughs> does more rush hour. Um, this intro, though, like oh man, pan pan down on the most minimalistic San Francisco this show can offer. Yeah, it <laughs> goes from like minimalist to more structured but still animated Jackie Chan. And then to, <laughs> to non-animated, real-life Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan. And then for reverts back second, out of that in reverse looks, order. Well, <laughs> for one second, while he looks very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> like his primary verb, like nervous. And I hope and pray that he had to do that specifically for that scene and that it wasn't just cut from some other movie. <laughs> and then, uh, then he fights... Some ninjas. By the way, they're Shadow Khan. They're ninjas. Shadow they're summoned. Khan. Whatever. Again, putty. They're patrol. cool. They're cool. They're but again, yeah. Yeah. Um, and in the background is whatever that season's MacGuffin is. Mm-hmm. So you'll get talismans. You'll get demon lords, etc. Uh, and then you'll get a couple of cool karate poses from you know Jade and Uncle. Yeah, Jade's got some fans which she doesn't use, but don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, they, that's have a good la- point. they have. It's all about the misdirection. They have leitmotifs that are actually followed through in the show. Like, not Yeah, they each get an instrument. But they do use those Eastern-style instruments to, to showcase Uncle. Mm-hmm. Or really, yeah, like, just to, just to, just to show, stuff like, for Toru. This is old country kind of character. 
right? Yeah. Very mistrustful of technology. <laughs> yeah. And he and he's doing those crazy stupid poses that certainly are bad. <laughs> hey, those helped him take down a chi wizard. <laughs> God, chi wizard. Yeah. Um it's really weird when you remember that chi is like the thing uh, acupuncturists are always talking about. Yeah. Chi is a four-letter so now, word to me. What's the fourth word? The fourth letter? Uh, I guess wizard here, right? <laughs> are you fa- you're familiar with that term, right? Four-letter word? Oh, like, like, a, like a swear? Yeah. Like when you do a swear? Did you do a swear? <laughs> no! Did you do yes. a chi spell? <laughs> you... <laughs> oh, we're dumb. Oh, we're so no, dumb. No, you will go away fighting Um But yeah, and uh, so that that's the intro that I can recall. I guess there's a couple of like close-ups on the, <laughs> the stupid dark hand enemies. It it what I like about the end of the intro's music is that it almost harbors into porno music territory. <laughs> yeah. Very nearly. <laughs> you you watch some very high energy pornos. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I start just when they're getting to the good stuff, and I tap out two seconds later. It's <laughs> <laughs> all I need. I call it priming the pump. You're meeting um, me on a, on a Zesty's A, Zane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we should start moving toward the end. There, uh, sure. we, do, we do have to mention the <laughs> other song that was made for this show. Uh, which yeah, this is real. I know you've wanted to talk about for a while. <laughs> this is extremely important to me. Uh, I, so, uh, do, Zane, do you have specs on this? I need to look it up if we don't. So, the band Weedus known for their song uh, Teenage Dirtbag, uh, wrote a song, Punk Ass Bitch, and then clearly they can't use that as the outro theme for Jackie Chan Adventures. So they do a parody of their own song. They call it Chan's the Man. And it's just... It sums up everything. Everything we talked about. including Everything in the show. Including, like, the tonal mismatch yes (laughs) it talks about all the things that jackie chan does in the course of his average day (laughs) and why it's awesome it is absolutely celebratory it is so stupid i love it i love it so much it's a chance And Ben's either going to cut it in or use it. The entire song as the outro. I might have it playing on loop through the whole episode. <laughs> Zane, oh, try God, to stop me. <laughs> that's so unreasonable. No, it's 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 really great. I I've never. I don't think I've enjoyed a like in the in the realm of great cartoon songs. This is equal to Shiny Teeth and Me. 
This is shots fired. This is equal to Wallace and Gromit theme song. It is so Teeth good. Teeth fired. Not because it is musically pristine, but because no, it's it is a parody so... of a Weedus song. <laughs> What's that? It's a parody of a Weedus song. <laughs> like you had the bar, and then you you didn't lower or raise the bar. You just kind of shifted. You just you just vi- like nudged it a little bit. Like you drew outside the lines again. But it is so on point for what this show is. Mm-hmm. It is sh- it is so on message. You've never been more on message, Jackie Chan it's Adventures. Ta- it's taffy. It's just more taffy. It's more. And it's certainly laffy. Um, I'm continually you, confounded that win, other people don't remember this song. He'll win with just his hands. You know no Chan's got a plan. plan. Never, he would rather laugh than fight. It's wrong or right. You gotta like him. <laughs> what are those lyrics? They make kind of no sense. You can't say that in a sentence. <laughs> hey, it's wrong or right. You gotta like him. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I uh, it, this is one of the more clear examples of a thing must be nostalgia, given how much I like. It. <laughs> like objectively, it can't be this good. There's no other explanation. I can't imagine. And yet, I can't imagine another reason like i can't objectively figure out why this is good but it <laughs> confounds me continuously that other people don't remember the song like other people remember you won't go away fight each sound other people remember hawk Fu. i was talking about how i was going to do jackie chan adventures tonight to mark earlier and he's like who was the name of and i'm like oh you mean hawk Fu?" and he's like jeez <laughs> got it in one like, <laughs> like people well, remember aspects of this show People remember the show very fondly, and I don't know how much of it is nostalgia. It's it's weird how it wasn't made more of a big deal at the time, given how different it was. And yet, I guess, just similar to in the fact that it's the best of, bo- of all worlds. The thing is, it isn't pristine. There are faults. There yeah. is some weird stuff that happens later on in the later seasons. There's it's dull episodes. Never, it's never really trying to do anything specifically, so its tone wavers somewhat. Uh, the sound effects could certainly be a little bit better, and some of the dialogue on Jade's part definitely fell flat because it was trying to be a little too pop culture savvy. It was but, still a little bit in the nineties. But this isn't. This is a. Be- this is a beautiful thing. It is mm-hmm. the standard of beauty not being perfection, but being able to love something despite its cracks. When I think of a cartoon I love, it is this. It is Jackie yeah. Chan Adventures. You got to look real close to find those cracks. That is true, but when you see those cracks, it doesn't dissuade you. No, it's like, oh, I could have expected that there would there should be some cracks. Yeah, it just Otherwise, makes you appreciate weird... the rest all the harder. This painting, if it has no cracks, must come from some weird demon magic. If it's got no cracks, you must be whack. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> I, I think I ranted a lot this episode. I hope I haven't been talking over you too much. No, it's it's good. I, th- I think we both had moments where we're like, I found it. I need to grab this idea and run with it for a minute. <laughs> deal with it. Because <laughs> you get excited talking about this show. It's It makes you feel like a kid. It makes you feel like an excited jade. And it doesn't, like, a lot of it doesn't have the depth. Like, sometimes we like to go real in and, like, 
talk about literary influence and how things and themes tie together. Can't. It's not like that. Can't it's just, do it. You're jumping. You're jumping from high point to high point. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you get distracted fun. too easily. <laughs> it, it's the same part of my brain that likes movies like Crank. You know, yeah, like, there isn't anything <laughs> particularly noteworthy. Like this show, it, it, it's it's special because of a very specific thing that it's doing, and not because of something that it tells me about the human condition or the nature of our world it doesn't tell me anything deep it just is giving me exactly what i want we are all jade but it's not like you you say that like crank like oh you know it's a stupid fun movie that everyone watched but this isn't transformers this is back to the future there's a lot there and it has wide cultural appeal this is interesting we're both kind of like talking about it in reverent tones in reference to things that we revere but that are not universally revered, right? Except for Back to the Future. Of Back course. to the Future is mostly revered. I'll, I'll give, I'll grant you that. But like, I think that and the much acclaimed Back to the Future animated series. <laughs> Jesus, no. Uh, we, yeah, where Bill Nye got his debut. Let's not forget <laughs> that. Uh, but you know, this is a. If we want to take it out of the context of our show for a second, it's just special to me. In the way that Back yeah. to the Future is special to you. Like, this doesn't lose anything. And at anything. the end of the day, that's... Yeah, go ahead. That's all it's got to be, really. Yeah. But I, I do think that, objectively, a person coming into this would find something to like and probably something to love. Like, it's a very it's very unique in how, it, it in how gung-ho it, this show is about itself. Yes, this... The, the different aspects of this show are a team trying to hit you over the head with spectacle. It's just so high energy. <laughs> and, you know, like, a lot of the time you don't want high energy. If I'm around little kids and they're excited, I don't always want that. Listener, if you don't like Jackie Chan Adventures, I legitimately want to understand your perspective. Yeah, it like, legitimately, and I'm doing this a bit early, but go ahead and write into the Carton cast, because I want to know. I, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not going to, like blast you on mic for it like i want your argument <laughs> well i'm i'm not going to you might well no no no. i i want to hear these arguments if, if a person does not like jackie chan adventures more than any show we've talked about i want to know why yeah in the same way that if you like fruits basket i legitimately want to understand why oh ben because the chinese zodiac reminded me of jackie chan adventures best argument you've come up with for, 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 for fruits basket so far zane <laughs> Um, uh, I believe you said that we have some commentary already. We do. Uh, they are very personal comments in that I asked specifically people I know like Jackie Chan Adventures to comment on it. So mm-hmm. I got one from... Uh, I, I, I don't have anything specific, but I do have a wide variety of people who, when told that we were doing Jackie Chan Adventures, get visibly excited. So, uh, yeah, th- well, that's great to hear. Uh, and I'm very glad to hear that. But uh, the first one is just from my boyfriend because uh, he'd re- watched it recently and couldn't kind of conceive of it after he watched the first episode. He's like, he couldn't even give me a yes or no. <laughs> just like, what? what is this? He's like, I, I need time to digest this. There, There is a lot to take in in that first episode. <laughs> and uh, his comment was, this comes from my boyfriend, Ethan. He says, it's G.I. Joe. It's Indiana Jones, a Jackie Chan movie, a badass little girl story. Which I think is really cool, and it's a thing that I hadn't considered. 
and then also it's big daddy <laughs> which i like I, <laughs> I love how i love how it's so many different disparate things that if you want if you went to a movie you would look for one of those right uh-huh you don't look for all of them at once and yeah. i think it's something that <laughs> only this animation medium can really accomplish you know the re- the real family film yeah just family film like epic well, movie like really good one like uh, guys who made an epic movie make family film <laughs> he's a dad trying to keep it all together he's another dad but his family <laughs> trying to keep he's it all together he's also trying together. to keep he they're both Steve trying to keep Martin it together. and himself in but but only one can live <laughs> good dad death match <laughs> on six Edward. <laughs> six Edward. Forgot about Six Ed World. Yeah. Ben, uh, unshelled segment idea. We go through each episode of the Carton cast and do a quick Six Ed World blurb of each of them. That's very funny. Let's think about it. <laughs> Let's think about it harder when I'm not so jacked up on Jackie Chan pheromones. Yeah. And yes, I meant it like that. But yeah, thank you so much, my boyfriend Ethan, for, for saying that. Because I think, I think that we're kind of on the same mark, is that it's just everything, and that's why it's great. Mm-hmm. It's really cool that he called it a badass little girl story. Yeah. I just, like, I hadn't, uh... You, you... I didn't see you it as You forget... I, I don't think you ever really forget that, like, Jade is the prime mover of a lot of these plot lines. We, we and might sometimes have kind of over a little. She's a very cool person, and she's very... Yeah. She's proactive. And and she's, uh, uh, what's the word? Competent? Confident? Confident? No, 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 in reference to the audience liking her. Like, photogenic, but for for acting roles. Oh, um, likable. I guess that's it, yeah. I guess I was just looking for likable. <laughs> we like her because she's likable. <laughs> Riddle me this. <laughs> Ooh, these circles are circular. Yep, uh... So, yeah. Did you have another comment, or should yeah, we... Uh... Yeah, I've got... Uh, so I've got one more comment, um, and this comes from Ooh. my friend Trevor Ertle, who uh, you actually met recently when he played... Trevor Ertle. Yeah. He, uh, he made a... Uh, he ran a D&D game for us when you were visiting me, which is super great. So thanks for that. It's fantastic. And uh, so uh, Trevor writes, My main feeling was that all of the details got me. I love the development of the characters, the textures in the art... And I thought they captured Jackie Chan in essence, which is what gave the show its charm, along with a great supporting cast. I mean, agreement on all counts. I think we might have maybe glossed over because he is a character and we only spend a little bit of time on characters every, you know, as part of our format. But the fact that it's Jackie Chan really does is the glue that holds the show together. He is. Yeah, because that provided the target aesthetic that every aspect of this moved toward. It resonates and with an action movie, with a heist, with a with a buddy cop comedy, with a you know, with, and any with given everything any that given episode, is. any given episode, you have the um, freedom to make it as good as you can, and the only guiding principle is this has to be a Jackie Chan adventure. Yeah, yeah, well put. <laughs> and it's amazing how mu- how much range you can get out of that. So, yeah. yeah. That's... Definitely. Yeah, thanks, Thank thanks a bunch, Thank you for the comment. And yeah. that is Jackie Chan Adventures. Yeah, I, I am pretty spent, so uh, I am 
just about done talking <laughs> for ever. Yeah, we're going to we're going to wind this down. Um yeah. thank you all for listening to this and our 100th episode and to all those who have stuck with us and are continuing to listen to us and uh please now is the greatest time to tell your friends to also join in. Uh yeah. write into us. We love comments, we love suggestions. Uh yeah, tell we us love what- doing this. Tell us what to watch. We, yeah, absolutely. This is absolutely just a passion project for us. We don't do it for any particular <laughs> reason. We're still trying to figure that out. So come along with us on that journey. Um, as Zane said, we love comments. Put them wherever. Put them on Facebook. Put them on our website, cartoncast.com. We want to hear them. Give us, uh, you know, shoot us an email, cartoncast.gmail.com if you want. Um, we're very happy to try to you know kind of uh kind of give some feedback for people who like to listen to this kind of stuff what kind of stuff would you like to listen to more how would you like the episodes to go if you'd have suggestions for the kind of things we tackle or the format of our episodes or maybe you have an unshelled segment idea that you think would be really fun we want to hear what you uh what you're into because we love doing this but we also love that people enjoy us talking so um get involved please uh, you can also give a rating or review on iTunes. Check out our uh, hub website, Fancy Bat, if you want to go to some other podcasts that we do, uh, Empowered, as well as um, a friend's, uh, Andrew Spawn's podcast, the Amusement Sparks podcast. You can go on that. And then, yeah, more than anything else, tell your friends about the show. Tell them hard. Yeah, and if you uh, haven't gotten enough of us talking about Jackie Chan Adventures, remember to check out Empowered. Uh, where we will be talking about the talismans in Talismanth. Um, but yeah, so uh, that is it. I feel like I'm going to consistently reference how great this was, this J- Jackie Chan Adventures is, and I hope you guys yeah. agree. But again, if you don't, let us know. Zane, what are we doing next time? Next time, we are watching an anime movie, uh, five centimeters per second, which I believe is uh, about... A racing snail who goes faster than the average snail. So I'll be interested to see about that. That almost rem- that sounds like a Seven Days in Hell style, like <laughs> kind of mockumentary. <laughs> Did you ever see that? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Seven. Days- I just like the idea. Seven Days in Hell is a uh, is a spoof on a, like a documentary, like a sports documentary, and it's got um. It's got as one of like the like one of the commentators is uh I think Mitchell from Mitchell and Webb look and uh huh. one of the main actors is actually the character who plays Jon Snow. <laughs> and what it is is this confluence of events ends up as uh like goes into the most ridiculous um Wimbledon match that's ever been. Like two ridiculous oh. personalities facing off in the Wimbledon. And it just follows their seven-day match. That's bonkers. That's crazy. You're crazy, Ben. You're crazy, Jade. Oh, man. Yeah, that that combination of actors is um, (laughs) kind of weirding out my brain. Um, Yeah, it's spoopy. But yeah, our our, uh, internet connection is starting to fail. So, Ben, what are we watching after that? Well, after that, I... uh... You know, we've been doing a lot of special stuff. Um, I want to go back to kind of the roots of our podcast. We look at old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. Is it one that I've been 
I've looked at as kind of a semi-adult who didn't really have a good appreciation for this particular cartoon, and I intensely disliked it right off the bat. But I want to give it a more cons- uh, another look because it- oh, that that, that that's great because you know we've been doing a lot of great ones because you know we uh, you know rounding this hundred yeah um, cracking off this. But window. it'll be nice to get some. <laughs> it'll be nice to get some stuff that's not amazing. Well, this one I I'm. Uh, historically not a fan of. I've gone on the record of saying I don't particularly like this show, even though it's very popular, but I want to take another look at it and see if I can get something out of it. Uh, we're going to watch Phineas and Ferb. Ooh, interesting take. Yeah, so this is a yeah. fa- like a semi-recent Disney show that got real popular real quick. Um, and Yeah, this was like the fairly odd parents of its day. Yeah. Like, this is the show for kids... Uh, a fair bit younger than us. I remember seeing it advertised I, I, at fucking Subway, for instance. The only time that I've watched this was when I came to visit your college, mm-hmm. and we just kind of had it on while playing video games, and it it struck me that there was a lot of good stuff, but also very hit or miss. Like, they did a lot of gimmick things that didn't work. And uh, let's go ahead and pin that on your ass, because I... <laughs> Hold. I like that phrase because it reminds you of pin the tail on the donkey. That's exactly what I was thinking. You ask. But it also sounds like shove it up your ass. <laughs> but so. Shove it up your ass, though. Uh, let, <laughs> no, let, let's let's remember that specifically. The car podcast. Because but shove you, it up your ass, though. <laughs> let's remember that specifically because, as you said, you are a fan of gimmicks. So I'm interested in the gimmicks that don't excite you. Yeah. Has mankind gone too far? Yeah. What had got? What ha- What have got rot? What had gone wrong? Oi, what's goth rot? <laughs> have, you, have you heard what goth rot is? <laughs> um, yeah. I guess we're done. Well, yeah. I mean, God can rot uh, a couple of bad ones because we got Jackie Chan Adventures out of the deal. Yep. Uh, and uh, we, We've literally accomplished our life mission. Everything else <laughs> is... This is all bonus round stuff, so... <laughs> <laughs> and, um... Oh, one more thing. She wriggles and she rattles. She jiggles and she jangles. You still watch her pass by. You light a vision ass. You think they got she smiles. That you turn on her dial. But you don't see them later. Well, in the elevator. You nag her and you swagger. You think you're gonna shag her. Learn about the tower. Get funky, let's get down there. Give her my cosmo. It turns into my eyes. But you ain't got no class. I'll stand on social skills. No comprehension. Social skills, no comprehension. I can't deal.